106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Well, we're going to prank call. Shifty shift, because he was censored by the House of Representatives. We're going to prank call him. Here we go. Hello, this is Congressman Adam Schiff. Thank you for calling my Washington, D.C. office. My staff are busy and unavailable to answer your call at the moment, but we look forward to taking down your comments and answering any questions you might have. If you are calling regarding official congressional business or need staff assistance, please email schiff.message at mail.house.gov. To leave a message for our office, press 3. To leave a message for Congressman Schiff, please record your name, zip code, and a message at the tone. Well, this message is for the Honorable Adam Schiff. They call you the Honorable Adam Schiff. And I just have to say, Shifty, you were censored by the House of Representatives because Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax. It was a complete and total hoax. You knew it was a hoax the entire time. So I'm wondering when you're going to apologize because you're called honorable, okay? You're supposed to apologize. Honorable means you're not supposed to be so dishonest. You know, you were so dishonest. You lied during impeachment hoax number one. So I want to know when you're going to apologize for being dishonest because you got censured. You know that? You got censured. You're not supposed to get censured. Not a good thing. And it happened to you because you lied about the hoax. So I want you to apologize to the American people. And maybe in 2024, when you have a new president, maybe there'll be a pardon. Maybe there'll be something where we don't even have to talk about it. But until then, you should apologize for what you did because you've been censured and there's no coming back from that. Thank you, Shifty Schiff, Pencil Neck, Bug Eyes, Watermelon Head. I look forward to talking to you soon. I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm going to tell you the truth. Our darkest days are ahead of us not behind us. And now's the time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there. Let's clap for that, you stupid bastard. This will be the time because you really need uh, world order, financial world order. This alternative vision argues that ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs. That order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign. We are here who will develop the great narrative, the story for the future, that in order to shape the future, you have first to imagine the future, you have to design the future, and then you have to execute. The Attorney General of the United States made this final decision. This is not the Independent Counsel Statute. This is a special counsel appointed by the attorney general under a Department of Justice regulation. This attorney general who pretends he's Helen Keller, he made the decision to indict the former president and they made the decision to interfere in this election. You want to talk about an insurrection? This is an insurrection. And that's exactly what's going on here. Let me go on. Joe Biden is the crookedest crook that's ever been in the Oval Office. Why did you argue that religious services, religious people pose a greater risk of infection than people gathered to, to argue for defunding the police? The policies restricted all types of activity in the district. All types of activity in the district? 
Yes, Senator. Did it restrict mass protests in the district? I don't believe it said anything one way or another. Of course it didn't, because it didn't accept mass protests. If you want to come and protest and defund the police, if you want to support that, that's fine. You can gather in mass, person to person, close up, thousands of people. That's okay. You know the facts. You were a good lawyer. Why'd you lose? Senator. Oh, come on, Judge, don't make me do this. Mayor Bowser was going to mass protests herself personally with thousands of people. At the same time she was doing that, she was prohibiting churches from gathering socially distanced outside wearing masks. I want to wish you and your family a happy Christmas. Excuse me, no, 4th of June. Come on, wait. Easter Bunny, look, we did it. Right, we, get, we went in there. Now, let me tell you a secret. On the fourth, he, George Washington, he chased the snakes away. He did that. He did that from the city with the, he died for your sins. Look, no joke. Come on, my mother, father from Scranton, and he grows the economy. Come on, man. Don't do this. Don't do, come on, happy fourth of whatever. It's, it's the thing. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and uh, we're happy you're here. We're going to be here for uh, six 20-minute talk clips here, segments, and uh, probably about two and a half hours. So welcome, and uh, you can reach me a couple ways. If you want to text me or call me at 530-713-1838. And you can email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. That's our website, nohostagesradio.com, where we post articles I've written and uh, former podcast episodes. You can also check us out at a live show from 10 a.m. in the morning to 1 in the afternoon on KMYC. It's a live show on Saturdays. And you can get that by going to our website, nohostagesradio.com, and just clicking on live, and you'll listen to the live show. We call it Live with Lou, a little different. We cover some similar topics, but different as well, because it's it's actually recorded uh, four days after this show, or three days after this show. So we're recording this tonight in California, Northern California hot northern california we're having our first heat wave of the season and um i do it on wednesday night and then we prepare it and get it up for anyone to listen to on saturday morning so uh thank you for listening and you can always reach out to me at that email address lou at nohostagesradio.com if you want to uh, write me something, send me a clip, send you, send me uh, anything you want to communicate with me about. I have uh, a number of uh, listeners from the radio show to the podcast that 
contribute to the show, giving me information they think would be helpful for the show. So always open to that. Or if you uh, don't like something about the show, you want to give me a shout out, that's fine as well. So uh, thank you for again for listening. And uh, I want to mention at the beginning today that um, if your your child is in a public school system, I would uh, strongly encourage you to consider moving that child to a private system or homeschool or some kind of alternative uh, to to a public school. Public school, uh, if you have children now, uh, it is not what you you experienced, public school. Uh, when I went to school, it was a very good school. California had some of the top schools, if not the top school system in the nation today. They're, I think, dead last. Uh, I would never put any kid in this public school in California. I don't care whether it's a good school or not. It's, they're indoctrinating. They are... Uh, telling lie after lie after lie about our our history where we came from as individuals teaching evolution teaching global warming the 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 lies upon lies upon lies of more than one gender are stacking up to where the amount of information you have to unpack and correct when you get home uh, is just ridiculous there shouldn't have to be that so if you're up here in yuba sutter counties in northern california or even maybe in an adjacent county. There's a school that started during COVID called uh, EPIC, E-P-E-C. It stands for Embassy Private Educational Center. Embassy Private Educational Center, but everybody just calls it EPIC. And it is uh, hosted on the Church of Glad Tidings campus in Sutter County or Yuba City, California, 1179 Eager Road. And, uh, if you go to the churchofgladtidings.com website, churchofgladtidings.com, and you, you pull up the homepage, which I'm doing right now, so I'm not giving you a uh, poor directions, and you take your cursor and put it over the word ministries, a big drop-down will pop down there, and you can just slip down to EPIC, E-P-E-C, click on it, and it will take you to the homepage for EPIC, and you can start seeing videos of students that are telling about the school themselves instead of an administrator talking about it. You have students talking about it and uh, they're looking for volunteers or they're hiring. They have a mission statement. I'm just looking at their front page. Uh, Epic takes kids throughout the year, not just at the beginning of the year. They're going to start a uh, preschool. So they're going to be taking kids three years old and to the 12th grade It also talks about the classes offered, the philosophy of the school, the tuition, uh, the days of the week, times of the day, all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested, you can go there or you could call uh, 530-671-3171, 530-671-3171, or you can email at epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com epec at churchofgladtidings.com so uh i'm going to keep bringing that up at the various uh episodes we do to help you make the transition there also is uh a collaborative should i call it a collaborative it's called arrow education 
and the Church of Glad Tidings, again, at 1179 Eager Road in Sutter County is a location for that. They meet out there. These are homeschool parents that uh, utilize the campus once a week on Wednesdays. And uh, if you go to the same spot on the churchofgladtidings.com website, click on ministries, you'll go to, you'll, and then go down to Arrow Education, uh, you'll find how that works. And, and what that is is a, uh, a collaborative of homeschool parents that are teaching their kids uh, usually in their homes, but sometimes they're out on the move, going on field trips, taking them to museums. It's like uh, taking them on uh, learning expeditions. But one day a week they meet on Wednesdays. That was Wednesdays, or if they change it, uh, let me just see. I'm just going to go over here. If they change, they will tell you here. They they were getting ready to reorganize. and But uh, it was created in 2020, again, during COVID, to meet the needs of kids that got exited out of the public education system. So uh, it'll tell you a brief overlook, our purpose, uh, their purpose, and how you can get involved. It's almost free. It, there's a tiny charge occasionally, but uh, there's classes, there's teacher class packets. There's, uh, it really is to facilitate you if you, this is your first uh, jaunt into homeschooling. Sometimes you're looking for curriculum. Sometimes you're looking for good YouTube connects. These parents can help you. Everybody working together to have uh, the best of the best of the best. So Aero Education and Epic, that's two things I want to mention. Uh, this class, this uh, podcast or this uh, e all these episodes are really about equipping you to deal with the challenges uh, that we're facing as citizens uh, of the United States of America. So uh, if you're listening from another spot in the world, that's fine. We're just talking really most of the time about what's shaking and around here and how we can deal with it. So, uh, all right. Uh, I wanted to get down here and start off by, uh, I noticed that Kathy McMorris Rogers, she's a Republican for in the state of Washington. She's a uh, ser uh, serves in the House of Representatives. She is sponsoring uh, one of four bills calling for an end to COVID-19 emergency measures that were adopted by the House Rules Committee in Washington on January 30, 2023. Um. Uh, but more than that, the, the article talks about, they refer to zombie federal programs. I don't know if you've ever heard of the term zombie federal programs. They cost about $510 billion a year. I'll do my best to explain what they are. Federal agencies or the government votes into existence a federal agency or a program, but a lot of times they're not a forever program or a forever agency. But often maybe they'll have a termination of two years, one year, three years, four years. But often at the end of that term, they don't ever uh, take time to evaluate, was this worth the money? And, uh, and so how, how are we going to end its existence? And so what happens is, is without any uh, evaluation, more and more of these short-term programs end up in the federal budget and end up long-term. So now she estimates, Kathy 
Morris Rogers, that there are 1,100 zombie federal programs. So what's happening is that the government has done just exactly what the founding fathers feared, is that it's grown uh, way beyond what anybody can manage. And many people don't know even how to uh, evaluate these federal programs. So Morris Rogers has proposed the Unauthorized Spending Act, or USA for short, which she uh, she's introduced in every Congress since 2016, probably when she got there. The Washington State Republican believes the measure, H.R. 1518, is needed to restore to voters the power of accountability in the nation's capital. And uh, as you all know, we're in a, a, a crisis, a spending crisis in America from the counties to the cities to the state to the federal. And she's saying, let's begin by giving these programs a good whack in the head and bury them. And, uh, but the, unfortunately it's easier to vote a program into power than vote a program out of power because there's always somebody that has some reason to keep it going. And, uh, the, I don't know who the co-sponsors are. You could look it up yourself and see if anybody from your area is a co-sponsor. All the, the co-sponsors at this point, there are 11, all Republicans. I'm wondering whether Doug LaMalfa, who's the, the uh, Republican congressman from our area, whether he's on here. I doubt it, honestly. Uh, he, he is a slowpoke and uh, not worthy of the wages we pay him. Uh, no, uh, no hearings have been scheduled on the measure. Uh, it's, it's awaiting further action in the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability. It, it, the USA proposal puts all unauthorized programs on a pathway to sunset in three years, which is enforced by a reduction in overall budget authority on the total value of unauthorized programs. So in other words, they cut the money off to these programs. So, um, so zombie federal agencies are programs, especially those that have continued with funding, but without reauthorization are a symptom of federal government that is far too big for the institution of Congress to manage. According to David Ditch senior policy analyst for the Heritage Foundation. <clears throat> no institute, institution in the history of humanity could properly manage an entity like the federal government that employs so many people doing so many things and spending so much money covering such a broad range of topics. Now, let me just give you a couple examples. Years ago, before I was like, 10, 15 years ago, we used to talk about the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. So this article used these, uh, these organizations as poster children for dysfunction. It says, among the results of such political dysfunction are federal agencies such as National Endowment for the Arts, NEA, National Endowments, Endowment for the Humanities, NEH that have continued to receive billions of tax dollars despite their legislative authorizations expired in 1993. In other words, they set them up to last for a couple of years and just never quit funding them. The other one, and, and you have to ask yourself, why, why are your and my tax dollars being taken to fund the arts or the humanities? Why don't we fund those? Like if you want to donate to the museum or the concert hall, 
or the symphony orchestra or whatever, whatever, why don't you just fund that? Why don't you just donate to it? If that's your, if, if you have a big uh, art gallery in your city, why don't you just fund that? If you know, we could, we donate to all kinds of things and get it out of the federal budget. Other examples of zombie programs include title X family planning program in the department of health and human services that expired in 1985, which Ditch noted primarily provides funding for one of the most hotly debated federal subsidy recipients, Planned Parenthood Foundation of America. Does that get your attention? So we have all these programs that are just uh, what I call hog trough programs that if people want to donate to Planned Parenthood or donate to all kinds of charitable organization, that's fine. The Founding Fathers did not believe that we should fund uh, charity organizations out of the federal coffer. They believed that was up to the states or uh, people's pocketbooks and not the federal government. It was totally, in, in fact, uh, they would, uh, they would melt, they have, a, have a total meltdown if they realized there was all these zombie organizations, what more than 1000. So, um, said he said, especially when you combine those political incentives with the astronomical growth of federal government that took place during the 20th century and which have been allowed to keep growing and festering over time, you end up with a combination of small zombies that probably could be repealed. And I would say large, important programs, which, which nowhere near enough have nowhere near enough oversight. So what you have is just a government that runs and they just keep feeding it and no one really takes time to analyze it or evaluate it. And so what what is that all about? You send people to Congress, you send people to the Senate to do the hard work of hearings and evaluation and then they vote on it. And, uh, and you know, it's hard to fire people. You ever had to fire people? Some you, you really want to fire them because they're doing a horrible job. It's easy to fire them, but... Many times it's tough to lay people off when there's not enough money. Now we have programs that are just a waste of time, a waste of money. Now there's another story related to this that I want to talk about, and that uh, that is the fact that you know, Washington is just passed this fantastic spending bill with Kevin McCarthy conveniently uh, disguised and defrauded Republicans saying it was a wonderful spending bill. It is not a wonderful spending bill. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is the new Speaker of the House from Bakersfield, California. And uh, this article written by Joni Ernst, uh, who is a senator from the Midwest, a former military lady, and also Adam Andrzejewski uh, from uh, open, uh, OpenTheBooks.com. That's a great uh, website, OpenTheBooks.com. And they wrote an article about all the incredible waste that is going on in Washington and they say Washington has sent more than $1.3 billion to China and Russia. And, and the question is, who is following the money? This article appeared in the Washington Post. I'm just going to cover some of the high points of it that should, that should shock you. So right now, we're, we're at kind of a, a cool war to a warm war with China. And we're definitely at a, have a big problem with Russia. And why would we be giving them money? So... Uh, I'm just going to cover some of the things that they found at Open the Books. They investigate congressional spending. They said more than $490 million from U.S. grants and contacts, contracts were paid to organizations in China. The National School 
check this out. The National School Lunch Program intended to provide balanced meals for children here uh, and encourage nutrition and support domestic farmers handed $1.6 million to Chinese grain exporters. The State Department shelled out $58.7 million to entities in China spending nearly 100000 to support an exhibition of New York cartoons by female artists to increase awareness on gender equality and women's empowerment in the oppressive communist country. It spent $43,141 in Russia to support podcasts on the topics of being queer and women in space and $33,545 for podcasts about people who survived a trauma, unique experience, or did something extraordinary. The Pentagon paid $6 million to a Chinese company for technical support on defense. Uh, I won't go into all the details of that on how to manage its troops. Paid a Chinese company to figure that out. It's a wonder they, they have no problem with China telling us how to manage our own troops. Um, NIH spent $298,000 in 2021 on ethics training for Chinese scientists. The reason China was found woefully short on safety, integrity, and honest reporting. Key problems included research misconduct, inadequate ethical review, neglect for human subjects protections, and publication fraud. If that doesn't read all about the Wuhan fiasco, uh, you're just not staying in touch with the news very much. Uh, We're going to take a break right now, and we're going to go into our second segment of six, and so hang tight. Uh, Most Americans are completely unaware that some IRS whistleblowers came forward this last week and pretty much dropped a bombshell about the the Biden family. Uh, Pretty incriminating information. Uh, But most people, like I said, don't even know this happened. But I want to read off some of the things that they're claiming. And we need a way to spin this, guys, in our favor. So, uh, okay, here we go. These whistleblowers are claiming that the DOJ ordered a cease and desist on any investigation into the Biden family peddling influence uh, right before the 2020 election. These whistleblowers are also claiming that the DOJ warned uh, Hunter Biden that they were going to go search his storage unit before doing so. They're also saying that the DOJ blocked a search warrant of Biden's guest house. (laughs) These whistleblowers... (laughs) are claiming that the DOJ slow walked any kind of investigation into Hunter for like five years. <laughs> yeah, and these whistleblowers, I mean, am I right? <laughs> also alleged that the FBI got involved and they hid an alleged document uh, claiming that, you know, the Bidens were involved in bribery and, you know, just stuff. And, and these whistleblowers are also claiming that they have text messages of Vice President Biden and Hunter's Chinese business dealings. And they're also saying that there's text messages, right, of Hunter Biden threatening his Chinese partners if they don't do what Hunter wants. 
And, and, and here's the kicker. Uh, these whistleblowers are also saying that Hunter allegedly expensed uh, prostitutes uh, on his taxes. So, I mean, who would do that? So that's, that's kind of a, you know, some of it. Uh, but we need to spin this, okay? And I think our approach should just be that we hate whistleblowers. And whistleblowers are evil. They're evil. They're, they're horrible humans. Uh, yeah, Karen, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, but we, we like whistleblowers. I mean, we've always, we've always supported them. Uh, Alexander Vindman is a, is a great example. Uh, we, we supported him. I, I, I thought we were on, you know, the whistleblower side. Um, yeah, but now we hate them, Karen. Okay, we hate them. I think that's the right approach. We're going to discredit the whistleblowers and we're going to hate them. Okay, we're going to hate them. Yeah, I, I just don't think that's, I don't think that's the right approach. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, then you can leave, Karen. Okay, who thinks Karen should leave? Okay, you can leave. Because if you're not going to be part of the team, then you can just see your way out. Okay? Unlike traditional Marxists who thought socialism meant government seizing companies and industries, modern socialists recognize you don't need to actually take over businesses. You can effectively control them through extensive regulations. A prime example is underway in California. The target of socialists there is the bulk of the state's fast food industry. Last year, the so-called Golden State passed a law called the FAST Act that amounted to a de facto takeover of thousands of fast food outlets. A 10-member council was set up that has the power to dictate working conditions for non-union restaurants, including setting wages, the $22 an hour minimum wages on tap, imposing mandatory benefits, setting working hours, and much more. It's a seizure in all but name. The prime pusher here is the powerful Service Employees International Union, the SEIU, which sees this as a way to get some 500,000 new members whose dues can be used to target other industries and finance other parts of the far-left agenda. Bernie Sanders and his ilk are drooling a socialist victory with California restaurants sets the precedent for other government entities and Washington itself to do the same with other businesses. In fact, the Biden administration is pushing regulations to make auto manufacturers virtual wards of the federal government. The California restaurant industry rightly howled. A group called Save Local Restaurants collected more than enough signatures to get a referendum on the ballot this November. The SEIU and its socialist allies are outraged that voters might have a say on the matter. That's why they're pushing through the legislature a so-called joint employer bill. The legislation would make corporations legally liable for alleged labor abuses, for example resisting unionization, of their independent franchisees. This seemingly arcade provision would gut the traditional franchise model, where independent owners pay companies royalties to get to use the trademark and for various services. Under this legislation, their independence would be effectively ended. Even though these small business owners put up the capital, they would become corporate employees in all but name. With this law, socialists and their leftist trial lawyer accomplices would be well positioned to tap deep pockets of parent companies, as well as more easily dictate how restaurants are to be run. Make no mistake, what happens to these California eateries has profound national implications.
When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? That is exactly how we beat the woke by mocking them. And just for the record, for the first 15 seconds, I couldn't tell if it was a parody or not. That's how you know it's good stuff. All right, we're back for our second segment, and I want to mention to you, if you're up here in California, Northern California, and you have any of your power equipment that isn't working, uh, whether it's small or large, it could be your big belly dump, tractor trailer rig, could be your compressor, water blaster, sand blaster, uh, four-wheel off-road recreational vehicles like four-wheelers, motorcycles, anything that's got power to it, chainsaws, all power services in Yuba City can take care of your problem and give you back your equipment all brand new. If you'll call 530-844-0347, or text that number, you'll get a guy named Will Fanning who runs that operation at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. That's right off Highway 99. Or you can email him at power. 1469 at gmail.com they will take care of your uh equipment that isn't serving you like it used to and get you back to getting a lot of work done or having a lot of fun also allen's auto body they can repair your car if it's been in a fight you can uh, or if you just want a fresh paint job or you need some odds and ends fixed up or parts replaced on your vehicle uh, allen's auto body can do it they're at tea garden and sutter in yuba city it's right down along the levee there. It's a bright yellow building. You can't miss it. Tea Garden and Sutter, the cross streets. 530-671-1057-671-1057. Carrie and Kevin Clark and Sons will take care of all that and do it with a smile. And they are nice people. So we were just talking about uh, the United States of America taking our tax dollars. We borrow money from China. And then we give it back to them in gifts. It's just crazy. And that's just the way it is. It says after winning the space race, remember when we won the space race, those that you got a few years on you? After winning the space race against the Soviets nearly 55 years ago, Nassau became dependent on Russians to get back into orbit. In 2005, the agency subsidized the Russian Space Agency with $4.1 billion contract for joint human space flights. And since 2017, NASA has paid $770.8 million to Russia to support space exploration, rockets, and technology. 
The NIH, National Institute of Health, sent more than $770,000 to a state-run laboratory in Russia to put cats on treadmills. That project, like the bat studies in Wuhan, was canceled after the studies were exposed by the White Coat Waste Project. It's another project by, by uh, legislators to expose nonsense. The writer says this is or this Joni Ernst said this is why it's essential that Americans know exactly how and where their hard earned tax dollars are being spent. So. um, All right. You can read those articles, the whole articles, if you want. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Kathy McMorris Rogers who has done this now? This see 2023. That's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3. Every year she has tried to get this bill passed, not to take away agencies that uh, like the IRS. This is these are agencies that were only supposed to be uh, funded for a couple of years. I guess if you're a legislator, it should remind you that you should never do that. In other words plan on keeping them forever or uh, don't do them at all. Thought for the day. Socialism is better than communism. So any of you with any history uh, in your brain or you, you not, you may not be good in history from studying at school, but you you've lived through some history. So let me remind you of something. When, uh, when the Berlin Wall was removed, which way did people flee? Do you remember? East Germans fled to the West because they were being incarcerated by the Berlin Wall. Socialism was in the East, and capitalism or democracy or republic was in the West, West Germany, or East Germany, West Germany. And people that wanted to cross that wall were killed by the East, not the West. The West welcomed people. So when they tore the wall down, they fled to the West. The same thing happened when Vietnam was turned over to the communists. People did not embrace, go up and and hug the communists. They got on boats and any kind of thing that floated and tried to float into another country. So just a thought, I'll just leave that with you. You you might want to ask that question, why people are fleeing communist and socialist countries um it's interesting what's going on in california um we have a republican party that's republican in name only it's really just a uh it's like a uh, it's like when the fbi puts an undercover fbi agent in with a gang and so the democrats have salted the republican party with their people and uh, people like jessica Patterson, who is running the Republican Party, really doesn't do anything. She just gets a quarter of a million dollars for being the head of the Republican Party. So recently, uh, there has been information uh, that two of the top donors, Republicans in California, have been directed by Kevin McCarthy to give money not to Trump, who he claims he supports. And I believe all along that he is an underminer. He's a usurper of authority and he's a liar. And so he has been indicating to the top uh, fundraisers, donors in California, to give money to DeSantis. 
I uh, just wanted you, you know, you may, I don't really care what, what a, a boat, political boat you're on, uh, but there's a lot of people uh, stumping for votes out here in California. And uh, McCarthy is showing his colors by, you know, they, it doesn't matter what the rhetoric is. It matters on what they're doing behind the scenes. Now, this reminds me of years ago when a guy named Dan Logue, who, who died a few years, years ago, kidney problems. Dan Logue uh, was terming out as the uh, Republican whip in California, so he decided to run for Congress against a guy named John Garamendi, who had been in Congress his whole life or had been in state government and in Congress his entire life out of college. And uh, Dan uh, was a go-getter, and the three Republican uh, leaders, political leaders here in this area, James Gallagher, Doug LaMalfa, and Jim Nielsen, all uh, threw their support behind the Democrat. Um, and so it just shows you that these people really aren't into philosophically you think, oh, they think like I do. I'm a conservative and they think like I do. They don't think like you do. They, they're just an R in name only. And if they, if they don't, if the person doesn't fit their little cabal, they won't support them. So instead what we got is John Garamendi back in, uh, representing a lot of this area for many years now, who is, uh, basically philosophically and politically a white Obama. So what we have here in California, and I think I talked about the statistics last, uh, I think I talked about them last week, about how the registered, the, the registered voters in California for Republicans have gone down while the Democrats have gone way up. The reason is if you don't put any effort to getting more voters to join your party, registering people to vote, then your party numbers are going to shrink. That's what's going on in California. And uh, it's because of bad leadership in Republicans. And it isn't unusual to see Republican politicians endorse Democrat politicians to run against other people in, the, in their jurisdiction. Just crazy what, what's going on in our, our state, but that's what's going on. Um, so there's all kinds of scams starting and people, they're liars. You know, I'm just so sick of the whole politics thing. It's just a, a pack of lies and people are voting for their little favorites. And uh, so we just get the same old, same old. People like James Gallagher goes back to Congress and, and doesn't do jack. Uh, in fact, if you look at uh, what Kylie has done, whether or not you like Kylie, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm just saying that in, in since January of this year, 2023 to now, he has done more than Doug LaMalfa. People like uh, Bobert and Green and Kylie are doing more in one week than LaMalfa has done in his entire t terms. Uh, he's, he's nowhere to be found. Somebody needs to take the guy's pulse. But it, for some reason, we can't get a red hot out of our area. We got guys like James Gallagher, who uh, is not a fighter. And right now, we need a fighter. We, we are not. Uh, let me just say this. This is a statistic that just got my attention. Uh, oh, I'm going to. It's in something else. I don't have it here listed. Did you know at not too many years ago that the uh, Republican Party, this was a red state? 
and through mismanagement by Republicans and infighting and bitterness and pettiness and people wanting to be a big fish in a small pond, uh, they have they have ruined our party. Um, I'm 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 registered as a Republican, but I I uh, I don't give to them. By the way, statistics show eighty. You know how you get those things in the mail that says we want we want to we want your opinion. We want to know what you think, and you fill out this this stupid little survey. All it is, all that is, is to get you to send ten bucks, twenty bucks with the survey. Right? What's your beliefs? Do you think it's it's better to die than to live? Yes or no? Right? Then send me twenty five bucks. That's the kind of stupid questions they ask. Eighty percent of that money that you send into the Republican Party goes to fundraisers. The best way you can do is pick a couple people that you really believe in. No, anywhere in the state, if you're a Californian. And fund that person directly. Do not give it to Republican Party. They they are grift what they call grifters. G R I F T E R S. That's con men and con women. Women can con just as good as the boys. So don't give to the party. Uh, it it your money. You know people always ask me because I do overseas work uh, with charity, and they say, Lou, does the food the food containers and do the money does it really get to the poor? And that's a good question. But the question also needs to be directed, does the money you give to the Republican groups, does it really get to the candidate? And I'll give you an example. The, the Republican Party in California and in the United States did not give my friend Dan Logue a nickel. And uh, he just got totally ripped off because he didn't, he didn't kiss everybody's ring the way they wanted to. So uh, LaMalfa... And another guy that's in that is that Dolly, D-A-H-L-E, not D-O-L-L-Y. This Dolly is, is uh, he can't win any big races himself, uh, like governor or anything, but he wants to control. In other words, he wants to be a big fish in a really small pond because the Republicans' pond is almost completely dried up. So just something to keep in mind. Just something to keep in mind. Oh, I wanted to mention we in this new budget where, in fact, on July 1, there's supposed to be new $600 million in gas tax increase in the state of California. They're going to start taxing higher. The, the price of gasoline is going up. The, the, the fuel industry doesn't get one penny of that. That's all government uh, taxing on top of uh, they just keep adding on more and more taxes on the price of a gallon of gas. It does not go to you. Then they turn around and say, well, uh, they're reaping egregious profits. No, the government didn't. Let me just help you here. The government doesn't do anything to extract the oil, the research and development, the thinking, the intellectual resources, the bringing it up, the moving of the oil, the refining of the oil, the technology to do that, the, the system of gas stations, and all that infrastructure, incredible infrastructure throughout, throughout California. They do nothing. And then they wait till it's all done, complain about it, and then they tax, tax you like they, they hate you. Because they don't really want you to drive not only a gas car. There is no way that it, it listen, if you think you're going to buy an electric car and it's going to work out, it isn't going to work out. I was just having to uh, talk to my neighbor an hour or two ago. And he said, Lou. 
Can you imagine having a wife and uh, and she's, you buy her electric car or she buys her own electric car? Can you imagine when she's alone, dark, and she's got to fuel up? If you, you know how long it takes you to fuel up your fossil fuel car, if you want to call it that, your gasoline car or diesel. Takes you what? Pull into a gas station, five ten minutes, and you're done. And there's people all around you, right? But you go to these charging stations and you plug in your car. You might be sitting there for over an hour. What are people that are into safety and into protection, keeping people safe? We always used to say awareness, awareness, and awareness. We'd tell uh, people when you we had cops come in and teach us when we're running the trauma intervention program. You know, top security people would say, listen, when you come out of the mall to get in your car, check, make sure there's no van next to your car and then get in your car. Do not look at your your phone. Just lock the doors, start the car and get out immediately. So what happens when you're sitting for an hour or an hour and a half waiting for your your car to charge? Listen, people, this is a foolish, insane endeavor. And the, the, the electric vehicle thing is going to come crashing down around all of our ears. And all of us, people that didn't want it to begin with, are going to end up paying for it. So it's a big loser deal. You're going to end up, uh, did you know if you sit, hook up an outlet in your house, it costs you, I don't know, $1,000 or hundreds of dollars to hook it up. Some of them blow up. And then if the government says you can't, recently Gavin Newsom said in California, don't charge your cars right now. Well, wait a minute. That's the way we all get around in California. We get in a car. And so all those people that gave up their gas-powered car to get an electric car now said, oh, well, you can't charge your car now, but you got to go to work in the morning. you got to take your kid to school. you got to go get food. you got to do go to the hospital. you got to do this. Do you see how crazy this is getting? Uh, I, I said this, this w- last week, but I'm going to say it again. First, we overlook evil. This is supposedly we're we're extolling the benefits and the wonder and the blessing of people having sex with the same sex or people switching sexes it's called perversion it's called at one time it was all against the law in fact includes pedophilia that's now being blessed first we overlook evil then we permit evil then we legalize evil then we promote evil then we celebrate evil then we persecute those who still call it evil. Woe, the Bible says, woe. I says, woe unto you when it says, woe unto you. It, that isn't a good spot to be in when it says, woe. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. In the book of Isaiah, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse. My friend James Edwards, uh, who left with his family for the southern states i can't remember even what state he went to they got the whole family extended family living together down there and he posted these uh comments from our founding fathers and i think they will bring some uh shocking perspective to what's going on in our country thomas jefferson said the principle of spending money to be paid by posterity in other words the future under the name of funding is but swindling futurity on a large scale. I know those words are pretty advanced because we've dumbed down our education. In other words, the principle of spending money to be paid back 
by future generations under the name of funding is but swindling futurity on a large scale. Thomas Jefferson also said, I am for a government rigorously frugal and simple, applying all the possible savings of the public revenue to the discharge of the national debt. They already had a national debt and not for a multiplication of officers and salaries merely to make partisans. In other words, when Democrats or when Republicans and for increasing by every device, the public debt on the principle of its being a public blessing is now not what government's saying all the time. We're, we're going to help you. We're helping you now by this new spending thing. Can you have any, can you imagine anybody, you know, in the Republican party or the Democrats saying, I am for a government rigorously frugal and simple. We can't, we don't have anybody in local government in Yuba Sutter counties that can support this. Applying all the possible savings of the public revenue to the discharge of the national debt and be against the multiplication of officers and salaries merely to make partisans and for increasing by every device the public debt. Listen, this is what people are doing at our local level. More and more government, more. I need more workers. I need more workers. More, 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 more. Our founding fathers said no. We'll be right back. People in other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country. And if you, if you continue to do this, how is, how is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations? Because that's what we're in, right? I the Chinese agree. want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. <laughs> And a bridge doesn't work very well if it's built on diversity instead of math. So the, the... He had the phone, so he would take the calls. You know, a lot of this was done through text message. A lot was done through apps, through various sites. And through a touch of a button on his phone, he sold me to the highest bidder. More often than not, it was men on their way to work with their families at home or men on Sundays, you know, and they drop their wife and kids off at church. It is men you would never think about. Your CEOs, your businessmen, your soccer dads, cops, politicians, um, 
priests, you name it, I've probably come across it, and if I haven't, I know somebody that has. When Em disappeared, um, it was actually on my birthday. She had called me to wish me a happy birthday, and then she told me that she had gotten a job to be a nanny in St. Louis, and she was going down there. And the whole thing just didn't set right with me. Um, so I told her how I felt, and then I, we hung up. And then um, a few minutes later, a gentleman called and kind of read me the riot act and told me I was never going to see my daughter again. And then I lost it, and I just felt like the life was sucked right out of me. I felt so helpless. So I spent about seven hours at the police department, and. Um, I sat down with a few detectives there who enlightened me to this whole other world that I was completely naive about. Um, there's this website called Backpages.com where the police officer told me you can order a woman faster than you can order a pizza. You know, I kind of gave him a description and it took a few hours, you know, of them searching and me searching and we found an ad uh, for my sister for sale. Uh, they had dyed her hair red, and um, there was a number on there. And so from there, we Google searched that number and found that she was listed on about 20 other websites for sale. I had never even heard of back pages, and here these women are being posted for sale, and there's the phone number, and that's the same number that's on my telephone from the caller ID. And I just like, oh my God, like, who does this? Um, but I put up a, I think it was maybe the same night, you know, I put on Facebook, like, my sister is missing. Like, I need your help. Um, I have some really, really amazing friends um, who uh, tweeted it out. After a certain point, I had realized that they were looking for me because there were missing persons posters up and a Facebook page but I was hiding in plain sight, and so many victims today are. We are hiding in plain sight. There were multiple times that I knew I wanted to get out of the life, that I needed to get out of the life, but I didn't know how, and I didn't want to be dope sick, and I didn't want to go to jail. I was scared. Um, I had went into a store and stole a bunch of hygiene products. And it was almost like I did it, I did it intentionally to get caught. The female officer came and I turned around and put my hands behind my back and said, I'm ready, you can take me. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making your job easier. Cause I knew I was getting arrested. And I got into the car, the cop car, and there was a song playing with the words, I know you'll be safe and sound. Um, took a deep breath and I knew as much as I didn't know I was a victim I knew from that point forward everything was gonna be okay there is not a single county in our entire state or our nation that has not been affected by sex trafficking sex trafficking does not discriminate it does not look for where you have come from, how you grew up, 
There are no boundaries. I am proud to be able to say that I have trained over 2,500 professionals in our community throughout our state. These are people who are going into homes that need to know what to look for. You know, multiple people living in a, in a situation, not enough beds, too many people, um, you know, women who are bruised. I want people to be able to talk about it openly. I want people to not be judged who have been through it. And I want people, I want parents to know that it can and will affect your family if you do not become educated. And if I can change one person's life, one person's perspective, that means I did my job. Start spreading the news I'm breathing today Jab me in any arm you get Vaccine, vaccine These quarantine shoes Are longing to stray Right through the local CVS Vaccine, vaccine I want to walk up to a party with all my peeps And find I'm dancing all night Till I puke in the streets I'm feeling a picture of you All right, when you uh, had one of my friends call me this week, said, Lou, my, my upper bathroom is leaking into my newly remodeled lower bathroom. I need some help. So I gave him a bunch of numbers from uh, the people that helped us here. And one of them I gave him was Thrifty Rooter. And I said, I think they serve, he's up in Butte County, I think they serve up there. But I gave him a number of people I thought would come up on, because he would be an exception. And thriftyrooter.net is their website. You can find out what they do there. You think, oh, I know what they do. They, the un, they unclog pipes. Yeah, they do that. That's one of the things we think of them. But they do a lot of other things, and you might want to check it out. So if you're wondering, I, if you have the thought, I wonder, then un, unwonder your I wonder thought and go to thriftyrooter.net. They'll tell you all about it there. And you can actually send a message right off their website and, uh, and request services right there. Check off what you want. Give them your name, address, and phone number. You're good to go. Or you can go old school and just dial them up at 530-673-8201, 673-8201, and, and tell them uh, what your needs are. So my friend, I gave him that, that number, and I said, I think they serve up there where you are, and get it solved. And he said, yeah, I'm really anxious to get it done. Aren't you always anxious when you have plumbing problems? The sink won't drain. The toilet is backing up the wrong way. The stuff's coming up in the tub that should not be there. You got a leak in your yard, steam. I had one day steam was coming up out of my ground in my yard. 
about what in the world's going on. So Thrifty Thrifty Rooter can help you, and they will get there quickly, and they'll get it on. They got dispatchers that are waiting for your call, 530-673-8201. In fact, I was just with the owner the other day, and we were working on a, a food sovereignty project of raising animals. And we were looking at property out on South Yuba County, to how to fence it and how to rotate cows and goats and how to how to get everything going so it's simple, healthy, and uh, it's a productive operation. So uh, shout out to Bill Artomenko for that. Also, I want to mention uh, if if you have a legal need, a North Valley Paralegal can solve that for you and they'll do it cheaper and and easier and uh, more honestly than the average attorney. And so they're easy to get a hold of in Yuba City at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. And you can reach them at 751-9289. That's a landline, I think, 530-751-9289. Just leave a message there, or you could just pop in. But it's it'd probably get better service if you made a little appointment so you can tell your story. Maybe you need a change in, in how something's described on a will or on your property or you want to change something around, add something to something else. Uh, sometimes it's just things you need to keep right in case something ever happens to you. So North Valley Paralegal, see Nellie Garcia. She's the owner there. All right. Go back down here. Uh, so Thomas Jefferson, uh, we don't have anybody locally, even though they consider themselves, many of these people around here, Republicans, they don't consider, they don't agree with the founding fathers. George Washington said, no pecuniary consideration is more urgent than the regular, regular redemption and discharge of the public debt. So now we have Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, both very concerned about the, the debt of the country, the federal debt. George said, and on no one or said no one can delay oh on none can delay be more injurious or or an economy of time more value valuable in other words he's saying although it's written kind of cumbersome to say it he's saying there is no more important cause is to relieve the public of the debt of the country it's injurious and it's a very valuable thing to do to stimulate the economy is to get rid of the debt. Thomas Jefferson then said, if we run into such debts as that, we must be taxed in our meat and in our drink. In other words, every time you buy some meat or every time you buy some drink, you're going to be taxed. He said, if we run into such debts, in other words, if we create such fantastic debts that we have to be taxed on our meat and our drink, in our necessaries and in our comforts and in our labors and our amusements for all for our callings and our creeds as just as the people of England are our people like them over there must come to labor 16 hours in the 24 hours give the earnings of 15 of those 16 hours to the government for their debts and daily expenses and the 16th that one hour of this one of the 15 actually is insufficient and to afford us bread. 
We must, he said, we will instead live as we do now on oatmeal and potatoes, which he considered that poverty, oatmeal and potatoes. You see what he's saying? You know, there's a, every time it's tax time, April 15th, some, I don't know if it's the National Taxpayers Association or somebody like that, they will compute how many days of the year the average American works and all the money they make goes to the government. It's all the way up into May or June now. In other words, almost half the year goes all to the government just for the privilege of living here. So what Thomas Jefferson is saying right in the very beginning, he says, in other words, why would he pick 16 hours? Because people many, many times work 16 hours a day back then. And he says of those 16 hours in a 24 hour day, 15 of those hours are going to the government. And only one hour's worth of income is going to take care of our needs. It's wrong, he said. I hope that I hope that's two of two of most people could if you said who's George Washington, even the most idiotic groups in America could identify Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, I think. That's that's just a couple of their comp concept or, or comments, and that was a thankfully uh, James Edwards. I don't know whether James is in Tennessee or whether he's in North Carolina or South Carolina. He bought some property down there and moved the whole the whole herd down there. He's like Abraham. He just took off, took off with the sheep and goats and people and and all their belongings, and just said, "We're going to go to where God takes us." This is interesting. A friend of mine who is a uh, correctional officer uh, locally, that's that means a jailer, posted this. And she went to uh, Cal State University, Sacramento, and she got a teaching credential once upon a time. And she says this. When I was in, in a government school as a teacher from 1984 to 1994, I took many continuing educational classes at Cal State University in Sacramento in science. And uh, in one of those science classes, the professor said that the world would run out of oil by 1999. Now, this is really sad, people, because we say, oh, we got we got to get our we, we, we lean on our kids. Go to college. Oh, you got to go to college. What are they actually learning there? Well, in 19, in, in whatever year she was, uh, well, between 84 and 94, she was attending continuing ed- education classes at CSUS, and they were telling her that by 1999, there would be no more oil here. Now, we got all these stupid people in Washington telling us that we're going to, the earth is coming to the end in 10 years or 12 years or eight years or whatever. The the global ice caps are, are melting. The polar bears are dying on and on and on. How much of what people are taught in government schools are just a complete fabrication and lie? They just repeat something else somebody said, and they consider it a fact. They consider what Charles Darwin taught in 1850. Is anything ever going to change? Science ever going to change? New understanding of science, that's it? We're going to, like, stay stuck in 1850? You want your kids to learn their concept of the world in 1850? Charles Darwin. We came from a monkey. Come on, people. 
global warming. Global warming is not science. It's called a cult. People were commenting over the last few weeks how cool it's been in Northern California. You know what we blame it on? Global warming. How stupid? You, you understand how stupid that sounds? It's cool, and they say it's because of warming. The whole earth is warming. How could it be warming and it be cool at the same time? In, those, in one of those classes, and if you look at predictions on the oil, in 1974... Jimmy Carter was president. He was predicting that we were out of oil already. They, they create, he's the one that created the strategic oil reserves in case we ran out of oil and had to go to war. So she posts, this thing says, awake yet? Question mark. Says 1960s, the prediction was oil's going to be gone in 10 years. In 1960s, the price of oil was 25 cents a gallon. Said oil's going to be gone 10 years. 1970s, they said another ice age in 10 years. 1980s, acid rain will destroy all the crops. That's it, all of them, not some of them, not 5%, 10%, 20%, all of them in 10 years. 19, these are actual predictions, people. I got, I got list after list after list. Most all of them, if not all of them, are totally ridiculously ridiculous, and most of these people that predicted them are like PhDs and stuff. You think, oh, oh, my God, I have this professor. He's a Ph.D. Oh, come on, people. The 1990s, the ozone layer will be totally gone in 10 years. 2000, ice caps will be gone in 10 years. You know what happened? She says none happened, but all resulted in more taxes. Anybody going to wake up out there? I like what Kevin Kiley, he wrote, uh, he wrote this thing. I, I, I think I titled it Abuses and Accountability from Kevin Kiley. He said, I wanted to be on the House Judiciary Committee for a simple reason. I sensed it would be the center of the action in the Congress. Alongside Chair Jim Jordan is where we could do everything possible to hold the Biden administration accountable. So far, that's turned out to be true, and it's about to become truer. With new revelations about the possible DOJ interference in the Hunter Biden case, yesterday Speaker McCarthy made an announcement. Anyway, made an announcement they were going to try to impeach, impeach Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. That guy is a wuss, man. Oh, I, he's so pitiful. Meanwhile, Kylie says NBC News reports that Vice President Kamala Harris' net negative rating of minus 17 is the lowest for any president in the history of polling of that news news station. This is what happens when California politics is exported to other parts of the country. Stopping the nationalization of California failures has been our goal in the Julie Sue fight. Have you seen any of the interviews with Julie Sue SU? That babe doesn't know Jack. And I didn't realize she'd been out of the state here for two years and been fussing around in Washington, D.C., getting ready to take over the secretary of labor job. But they are trying to shut her down because that gal is a train wreck whistling coming. I'm coming your way. Kylie said we're on the cusp of victory. The Hill's headlines reads uh, White House reaches dead end on labor nominee fight. And the New York Sun reports the nomination appears headed for defeat. The Sioux battle 
has been a high-stakes moment for Newsom, a test for his model for the nation slogan. Uh, okay. I think Ro Khanna, who is another uh, congressman, admitted, I think the message that says, make America California, is not a winning message. Hey, hear, hear there, buddy. Uh, Kylie also blasted Newsom for the reparations task force that has recommended $1.2 million cash payments to every black person in the state. What you to think about that. These people have never been a slave. None of their people that they were raised with ever were slaves. No Californians ever held slaves. All right. Just incredible what's going on in our state. Okay. This is what I've been wondering. How did drag queens get in our public school system? Do you think the kids took a survey and and voted for them to come? They take a straw vote? No, no, no. I think, you know, do you think kids put out the word we're looking for a pedophile to hang out with? Or do you think pedophiles discuss where the kids are? Think about it, people. Just, just ask, ask not why the children shouldn't see da- drag queens. Ask why drag queens crave an audience of children in the first place. You know why? Because many drag queens uh, are pedophiles. And they want to be around children because they climax. It get, they get off. Can we say that? They come. This guy writes, be too, don't be too impressed by college degrees anymore. Graduates are no longer the most educated people. They're just the most indoctrinated. Something to think about. Okay, I'm just I'm just scrolling down here to see how much what what I'm going to do in a few minutes here. I, w- I want a uh, a friend of mine who moved. We were living communally in the 1970s, and a young girl and her girlfriend li- were going to school in Lake Tahoe. And Aaron and Leslie uh, came to live at Morning Star Ranch, and they were both I think they're both in still still in high school, and. Uh, or maybe Leslie came first and then Aaron came after. But Aaron wrote this about her high school art teacher. These, these ladies are some of the best artists you'll ever find, painters and all kinds of other stuff. Aaron Dirtner wrote, this is Dan Dvorak, uh, my high school art teacher who has recently passed away. I was blessed to have an art show in Tahoe some years back and he attended and boy, was that a great reunion. For most of my adult life, I apologized to people that asked whether I'd gone to art school because I had gone straight from midterm graduation to a wonderful. Okay, so she went, she actually graduated from high school from Tahoe. Then she came on down to Smartville. So she said, I went from my midterm graduation to a wonderful Christian communal ranch and never looked back. What I failed to express was that my high school art education was as advanced and inspirational as any art school or college art department could provide. Dan created an environment of pure bliss with his classical music 
and enthusiasm for every discipline. Besides his fabulous skills with painting and drawing, we were introduced to silkscreen printing, leno uh, block printing, stone lithography, offset printing, photography with developing and enlarging, and then in another class, pottery on the wheel and hand building, uh, glazing and firing, then carding, spinning, dyeing, and weaving of wool. Feel free to add to this list if I have forgotten anything. It was stupendous, and countless students have, have him to thank for our rich lives based on art. He overcame many obstacles in his life in order to arrive at South Tahoe High School, and I will attach a link to his obituary in a comment. I'm forever grateful for his generous heart to instill a strong work ethic along with our skills and consider him at the top of my list of those who influence me the most. I've included several examples of his work that I was fortunate to see in his home during one of my visits. Thank you, Mr. Dvorak, for being a hero in my life. I don't think many kids can say that anymore. This guy, this I, I, I went and actually went to the link and read his obituary. The guy had come from a, a communist country, an Eastern Bloc country. And uh, this guy was an incredible, incredible talent and devoted his life not to fighting for the union, not to getting a better paycheck, not to seeing how many days off he could get, not to seeing how many holidays he could get, not to see how soon he could get tenure. This guy taught his heart out, and kids hung on every word. And uh, I know Aaron Dirtner. I've known her for 40, 50 years now. She and, and uh, uh, they're amazing artists and never stepped foot into a college classroom, both of them. I'm going to, uh, after the break here, we're coming up on another break, and uh, be, the show will be half over. I want to start talking about some things. Uh, my friends say, Lou, how can we keep talking about COVID? Because it isn't about COVID. It's about the takeover of our lives by a global cabal to control our lives. It wasn't about COVID. It was about the vaccine. The vaccine was all about controlling you by injecting you with chemicals, population create population control, and to make you compliant, I'm going to open your eyes here and, and give you an overview of what just happened when we come back. colored clothes to celebrate pride, have pride celebrations all throughout this Massachusetts public school. But instead, a group of Gen Z middle school students decided to clap back to their principal and their school board by instead showing up to school wearing red, white, and blue, walking the halls chanting, my pronouns are USA, and taking down the pride decor because they are not going to stand for the indoctrination of the left's narrative inside their public school classrooms. What do you guys think? By the summer of 2021, it was apparent from Provincetown, Massachusetts and other instances that you would get people who were vaccinated were still able to catch the virus and transmit the virus. That means all the mandates that happened in the fall, which was when Biden pushed the mandates, were medically unethical, 
because you cannot compel an intervention on a third party if it provides, sorry, you cannot compel a medical intervention on somebody unless there is a benefit to third parties. But by the fall of 2021, we knew that that wasn't the case. Now, I want to point out, we could have made Pfizer answer the question. In the randomized trial Pfizer ran in 2020, we could have asked them to swab people randomly and their households randomly, and we would have had an estimate of transmission. But over and over again, you'll see that to some degree, both administrations give the companies the benefit of the doubt, the easiest path forward. During COVID, policymakers tried to convince us that distance education was a good substitute for classroom learning. Like here, when Gavin Newsom said it would be equivalent to in-person classes. So this isn't true. COVID school closures were a disaster and we keep getting new evidence showing how bad it really was. This latest study found that the more time kids spent in online school, the worse they did on standardized tests. The study looked at state testing data for third through eighth graders before and after the pandemic. Pass rates for students in classrooms were 13 points higher in math and seven points higher in English compared to kids who were fully online. Similarly, the latest scores on the National Assessment for Educational Progress test show the loss of two decades of progress in reading and math. ACT test scores saw a similar drop, dipping to their lowest point in three decades in 2021. So the evidence is clear. Closing schools was a terrible idea that left a generation of kids falling behind. Who have planned this? It's all planned. Now, why they planned this, I don't know. And I don't even think I want to know. This system is being put in place using lies and it's being put in place using lies for some purpose, and I believe that purpose is complete totalitarian control. And I think the purpose of that is going to be mass depopulation. One of our problems here is the assumption that this is like every other vaccine right. we've ever yeah. seen, and it's not. It's the greatest experiment that has ever been performed in the history of medicine, and it's being performed on human beings. It's just an incredible thought. So all of this started to come together, and we started to get kind of a sick feeling in our stomachs that, wait a minute, this is science gone bad here. None of this is supposed to be happening. The CDC has never otherwise explained these deaths, and they are so tightly related to the vaccine. 50% of healthcare providers are absolutely not getting this injection. We don't trust the data. The Fox guarded the hen house. The companies did their own data. There were no independent observer groups. You should disregard all announcements about case rates in your community because they're completely fraudulent. The very inventor of the PCR test, Nobel Prize winner, Kerry Mullis, said this test in itself is not a diagnosis. And with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. But they said we're being pressured in-house to add COVID to the diagnostic list when we think it has nothing to do with the actual cause of death. As a physician, I received an email last week from the Department of Health coaching me on how to fill out death certificates. It's another level now uh, of criminality. There's a lot of other doctors who's, who Where feel the they? same way. Well, they're too frightened to speak up. And as soon as that happens, a notification, and you're in, in the front of the medical board. Dr. Robert Malone is a vaccine expert. He is the inventor of mRNA technology. He's undergone systematic attack. His history is literally being erased online. These fact-checking groups, for example, factcheck.org, they're funded by an organization that holds over $1.8 billion of stock 
in a vaccine company. Once I was censored, I feel like I've kind of gone into this other world and now I'm surrounded by people that, that it's kind of normal to have their work talked about in a strange way. Sent me there to cover the COVID treatments at that hospital. I just wasn't supposed to ask that question. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative. They are trying to push a narrative that is not based on the decades of immunology. Nobody's in the hospital. How's that possible in a medical pandemic? That's fake news, that's why. <laughs> People have turned to Facebook to share their stories and experiences, with one group reaching almost 65,000 members. It was removed overnight for no apparent reason. The, the victims of this vaccine, they're not being able to tell their story. The censoring has been going on for well over a year. It's well documented. It's unequivocal. TikTok is taking down all of my sounds so that you guys can't hear my story. The great Barrington Declaration, authored and signed by three of the world's leading experts in epidemiology, infectious diseases, and vaccines. We've got to the point where scientists such as yourselves need to kind of gather for uh, secret meetings in, uh, in houses to come out with declarations of dissent. Are you of the same opinion? I don't think I can answer that question. Why not? Anyone who speaks out against this line of policy is, is shut down. I basically have to be in line with the government line. Do you want your physicians and scientists, their voices suppressed? We're polarized right now. We're polarized. And, and threaten investigation and discipline for any physicians who express any of the negative aspects of any of these interventions, no matter what the evidence says. The disgrace! You're not the first doctor I've heard from maybe got unusual visits from the state or, you know, basically got a lot of pushback. You have to realize the number of doctors and scientists who are saying no to all this outnumbers those who are saying yes. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the bot, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not going to let Americans die. 75 years ago, Herman Gehring testified at the Nuremberg trials, and he was asked, how did you make the German people go along with all this? And he said, it's an easy thing. The only thing a government needs to make people into slaves is fear. You can do this in a Nazi regime. You can do it in a socialist regime. You can do it in a communist regime. You can do it in a monarchy and a democracy. We, the Germans, are asking this question how it happens in the 1930s. And a lot of people are now getting a sense how it happened. We're held hostage to more and more mutations that can be used to manipulate us over and over again and take away our freedoms. We've used these tactics in other countries to manipulate, divide and conquer. Now we're watching our own government, our own military use them against us. Men of our unit and our service believe that we're pointing our weapons in the wrong direction. This time now the tyranny is against us and our people and we can't see it because it's on our home soil where it's never been before. We need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking, is what I'm doing right. You don't get to just say, I'm following orders. And if that costs you your job, so be it. At least you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror at night. They start enforcing the communist state through the vaccine passport. Please, Australia, do not move to any goalpost the second you do. They start to build the fascist state. In Australia, people have had it too good for too long. And they see these communist countries and they think, there's no way that could happen here. We are the most locked down country in the world. There's over 50,000 people in the world!
massive protest. You know, the media said it was only three and a half thousand people. What we saw today were three and a half thousand very selfish buffets. The mainstream media is never, ever, ever going to be on our side because they are owned and controlled by the very people we are fighting against. They've identified that area as being a really strong area. Strong men, strong morals, strong customs. You are the toughest. You have the strongest family, community connections, religious connections. You guys are unbreakable and they know that if they target and break you first, it makes it easier for them to break the rest of us. Stand the f*** up. Don't be the reason why our future generations look back and think, where the heck were they? This is the time. There is not going to be another time unless we shake this down. thank uh, Monty Hecker and Elite Universal Security for uh, supporting us for many years now. And Monty started his business in Yuba County, where their headquarters still are, but they've expanded all over Northern California. And he told me they're clear up by the Oregon border. In fact, he says if you want to come to work for him in any of the counties in Northern California to give him a shout, and he will uh, train you and give you an opportunity to go to work, even if it's just part-time. Because I know a lot of you retired right before Biden, and then you thought, oh, my, I need to go back to work. So if you want to go back to work as a guard, you can reach out to Elite Universal Security at 530-749-0280, 749-0280. And he will put you to work full or part-time. They got all kinds of jobs, whether you're a male or a female. And... Uh, if you need work done for you to keep your stuff, your stuff, uh, no matter what you're doing, whether you're in the industry, farming, ranching, uh, all of our, no matter who you talk to, they have stories of, they got cameras up, they got lights up, they got guard dogs, they got guard people that live on their properties now. And, uh, so if you need some help with all that people, squatting on your property starting fires on your property stealing stuff tagging your property we have live in a lawless society now and uh you can give elite universal security call at 530-749-0280 they also have websites like eliteuniversalsecurity.com where you can find out all about them sometimes they post where they're hiring as well and then they have another site for their schooling at api-academy.com. So check that out. And um, okay, let me just tell you about uh, Dr. Cassidy, Dr. Joe Cassidy. If you have anyone in your life or if you have addiction issues, doesn't matter what it is, could be tobacco, could be LSD, it could be, uh, could be uh, methamphetamines, alcohol. You're always going to mention something I'm not mentioning, so let's just say all of it. If you need addiction help, if you want to break free, some of you don't think you can. Some of you think you're just going to go down with the ship. You're going to go down smoking the fentanyl pipe, or you're going to go down shooting the dope, or you're going to go down somehow. 
my suggestion to you is to give Dr. Cassidy a call at Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242. He and I are working together. I'm helping with logistics. He, he's helping checking people over, seeing how they're doing physically, and then recommending what they think they need, whether they need inpatient or outpatient or suboxone or, or something, something. So call Peachtree Health. That's our first step at 749-3242. That's a 530 area code, 530-749-3242. And uh, if you can't reach them, get through there. They're, it's not easy. It's very uh, uh, I'm just shocked at how flaky people are. Anyway, I'm going to give you Dr. Cassidy's direct number where you can text him. Don't call him. Text him at 530-682-8648, 682-8648. He will make an appointment for you or his staff will. Just put, uh, once you text, just text once, put your name, addiction, and your phone number, okay? Now, if 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 you just forget everything, I'm going to give you my number again. You can just call me up anytime you want, seven days a week, night or day, and we can I'll hook you up with whatever you need because I do this every day. 530-713-1838 is my number, 530-713-1838. And every day, I just got a call yesterday from Yuba County Jail. Inmate says, Lou, I got, I'm getting out. I don't have anywhere to go, da-da-da-da-da. And, and so today we're working on getting her a place. She's going to be getting out in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we can just walk her right into a bunk a nice, safe, clean place, uh, food, all she needs, washing machines, nice, comfortable, nice people, and not out on the street uh, being tempted to get back on methamphetamines. Okay, so um, I'm just scrolling back down here to get to where I want to get and get into some... Uh, oh, let, let me just jump all the way to the bottom here. and I ran into this article, I thought... Sometimes, you know, you know, the socialists always say, oh, well, I want to do socialism like Sweden is socialist or Norway is socialist. So we need to model after them. OK, model after them. Here we go. Sweden has declared they're dumping the entire climate agenda. That means bird blenders gone. Solar gone. You know what they're doing? They're going nuclear. You know, the Swedes are smart. Nuclear is a clean. Oh, what about three mile? You know, you know how many most people you can't even spell three mile island. And it wasn't that bad of a deal anyway. Three mile island. Nuclear is clean. We we just we've had two big nuclear reactors down in the San Diego area. They just San Onofre. They provide cleaner energy with least effect on the environment and, and more energy than any of these other places can. Sweden is going back to nuclear energy, and they're going to use fossil fuels as well. Let's says Sweden has just dealt a severe blow to the globalist climate agenda by scrapping its green energy targets. In a statement announcing new policy in the Swedish parliament, Finance Minister Elizabeth Svantesson warned that the Scandinavian nation needs a stable energy system. Baby, California needs a stable energy system. When, when G Gavin Newsom yells out on, on the media, hey, all you guys with electric cars, don't charge your car. Really? What, what do we have, backup other fuel cars, Gavin? Instead, the Swedish government is shifting back to nuclear power and has ditched its targets for 100% renewable energy supply. 
the move is a major blow to unreliable and inefficient technology. This is a news release. It calls the green energy unreliable and inefficient. Countries are being pushed toward renewable energy to meet the goals of the World Economic Forum's green agenda. It's nuts, people. These people are nuts running this green agenda. They don't, they're not scientists. They don't know, and they're not business people. They don't know how this is going to work. They're just throwing this out and trying to get everybody to say yes to it, and, it, and everybody's going to be lighting campfires to cook their chili beans. Under its new direction, Sweden now views nuclear power as being critical to the nation's 100% fossil-free energy future. Sweden can afford to reject fossil fuels relying on nuclear and hydropower and biomass. We've been talking about biomass at our Freedom Co. meetings where we take our waste and turn it into energy. How about that? You know our, our local county supervisors aren't even considering any of that? biomass and we got wonderful hydro here but the state of california is reducing our hydro and won't let any more hydroelectric be built it's crazy it's clean it doesn't pollute it's just unbelievable sventassen sent a warning to other western nations who are blindly pushing to meet the energy requirements of world economic forum klaus schwab klaus schwab is an idiot He's just a Hitler with a clean shave. Experts have argued that lowering carbon dioxide emissions is not really a worthwhile goal for an individual country or globally. The Swedish people wish to ground their economy in an energy source called nuclear that is physically sound and secure, unlike renewables, which are neither. Other world governments are continuing to live in a fantasy world about meeting the green agenda. He said, we're coming to the end of the green dream. I'm sorry for you people. I'm not sorry for, I'm just at the term. It's just, uh, you know, like you're sorry when a person's mentally ill. You're sorry for a person who has been medically damaged from birth. They can't think straight. They're blind. You feel sorry for them because of what it could have been. It's unbelievable. Way to go. I want to talk about this. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Oh, here we go. I'm almost here. So a number of years ago, we were out at KMYC and Linda before the station was arsoned. And um, I, I had heard or read somewhere where some kids put together a lemonade stand and, and the cops uh, closed them down because they, d- they didn't have a building permit. So I put a shout out one day and it was amazing. The response I said, Hey, let's, uh, I said for every lemonade stand, uh, we kids will put up this coming week or weekend or two weekends from now or whatever it was. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. So people uh, w- will give 20 or $25. We'll fund each stand. And out, off the radio, our, our radio program. So I think it was Andy Vasquez, who's a, he was uh, is still is a, su- a supervisor for Yuba County. I think Andy called me and said he would fund five. And I can't remember, $10, $20, $30. I can't remember whether we give each, each stand would get so much money. We'd deliver them some cash. 
And uh, so we ended up getting all kinds of people signing up to do lemonade stands on this particular day because we wanted them to make some money, but we were also going to donate towards the stand. And we weren't going to get any permits. So I got a kick out of this when uh, Connor Boyack, who writes the Tuttle Twins books, in fact, you, if you have children, you got to just order all the Tuttle Twins books, Tuttle Twins books, and you can go online and just they'll give you a whole package deal and send you a whole box full. I've done this before myself and handed them out. So anyway, Connor writes this. This was amazing. He says, lemonade stands, iconic symbols of childhood enterprise, have long been an American summertime tradition. They not only represent a child's first foray into the world of business, but also nurture their innovative spirit. Plus, they give kids a chance to earn their own pocket money and save for something their parents don't want to buy for them. Sadly, as evident from a recent incident in uh, Tuel, or Tule City, Utah, Neighborhood busybodies and bad laws are often why we can't have such nice things, like a lemonade stand. Two young boys excited about taking on the mantle of entrepreneurship had set up a lemonade stand only to be told by a community member that they needed a business license. I bet that guy is a real fun at, Connor says, I bet that guy's really the life of the party. Concerned they might be on the wrong side of the law, they decided to fact-check the neighborhood killjoy by seeking clarification from the Thule City Police Department. The officers, fully aware of the existing law we, we at Libertas helped pass six years ago, they assured them that they were not breaking any laws and even showed their support at the lemonade stand, and they came and bought lemonade from the boys. Uh, anyway, it says under Utah law, I didn't know this. Check this out under Utah. Maybe, maybe we should do this in Yuba and Sutter counties and Mary's on Yuba city where I live. Maybe we should have a law passed that, uh, like, like this law. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you what they did in Utah. Utah law is clear on this matter. A business license is never needed by children for lemonade stands or for any other business venture. What would you think another business venture of a young person might be? Shoveling snow, maybe, if they got a little snow machine. Maybe blower blowing off and mowing and blowing. Mow and blow, maybe washing windows, right? This law, a trailblazer in the nation, has provided a legal safeguard for youthful entrepreneurship in the state. It's crazy that anyone would attempt to shut down these kids, essentially hindering their initiative instead of encouraging their entrepreneurial spirit. Connor says, I can't imagine seeing a lemonade stand and not stopping at it. In fact, it's a standing personal policy of mine, one I urge all of us to adopt. Now, I I am going to be more fastidious about this because I have driven past a couple lemonade stands in our area, and now I'm feeling all bad about it. Do you ever hear of Sturgis? Is it Sturgis, North Dakota, or Sturgis, South Dakota? I've always, I always get the Norths and Souths wrong. Anyway, Sturgis, where they have all the motorcycle guys go up there and, and gals, and they congregate there once a year, Sturgis. So there was a young boy, and there's a cool story on the Internet about this guy. There's, it's on YouTube. It's, on, it's in written up in YouTube, and this youngster, he's probably about the size of these boys right here. They look like they're about 11, 10 or 11 years old. And on, on the route to Sturgis, this guy got out there, and I forget what he wanted to raise money for, but 
it was for a good cause. It wasn't just, I think he wanted, I don't know whether he wanted something for himself, like a motorbike or, but he, he went out to earn the money and he was been raised by a single mother. And, uh, so the motorcyclists got fired up about supporting this kid. And they just put the word out that everybody go by and buy this guy out all the time. And the guy earned thousands of dollars from this little lemonade stand, right? Because there were tens of thousands of motorcyclists going into Sturgis and coming back. So anyway, what what a great law would that be to make a statement? This incident serves as a powerful reminder of how bad laws come into existence, how important it is to question bad laws, and the and the power that we actually have to get bad laws thrown out. It also reminds me of the situation faced by our favorite young entrepreneurs, Ethan and Emily Tuttle, in the Tuttle Twins and the Food Truck Fiasco. That's a book he wrote. In the story, the twins mobilized the community to confront and rectify unfair restrictions imposed on food truck businesses. The book teaches young readers about the harms of overregulation and the importance of economic freedom, but more importantly, it teaches them that they can do something about it. Just as the Tuttle Twins took action against unfair and discriminatory regulations in our community, we too should strive for an economic environment that doesn't punish ambition. From lemonade stands to food trucks, these are more than businesses. They are the sparks that ignite entrepreneurial spirit, the stepping stones to a vibrant, diverse, and flourishing marketplace. So next time you see a lemonade stand, remember... It's not just about a refreshing glass of lemonade. It's about supporting young entrepreneurs, trailblazers, and encouraging them to keep exploring, learning, and growing. Let's keep the spirit of entrepreneurship in our kids thriving and unburned. Listen, this is how we get it going on. It's one year it's that. Then they're going to raise a hog or a sheep or, or a goat or a cow or something, something, right? Turkey. Uh so I am so turned on by Utah saying that young people, I don't know what their age is, whether it's under 18 minors taking on these jobs. I'm sure if we pass a law in, in uh, Ubin Sutter counties, the state will probably get a bean up their nose. But let's drive a, a bunch of beans up the state's nose. How about that? Because we want to teach our kids to be independent and to go for it, right? That's what I feel. Just go for it. Uh, so I want to encourage you to, uh, they also got a new uh, book called America's history, uh, that you should grab a copy of and uh, Tuttle, just look at Tuttle twins, T U T T L E and get some books for these. If you got, you got, um, grandkids or children, uh, or great grandchildren coming up, give their parents some, some of these books that are made for children that teach them the principles of our country. And uh, because I'm telling you, they are not getting it at your public schools. And uh, so that's that. Okay. So let me just go up here. That's a lemonade stand story. But I was so, you know, our lemonade stand gig a number of years ago took off on its own. And it was so fun because we got to drive and visit. We'd get the addresses of where they were conducting business, and we got to go and deliver 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever we gave them, on top of what they were earning. And it just made you feel so good, made you feel so good. So I told you I was going to talk to you about COVID 
some, and that's what I'm going to start doing right now. We got just a, a little over a minute left. I want to give you 12 questions and see which, how you would answer them. Vaccine science is being censored. True or false? The answer is true. There is no science behind the mantra vaccines are safe and effective. The, uh, the actual C- COVID-19 statistics have been grossly inflated. The proof that masks don't work has been suppressed. And there is no science supporting lockdowns effectiveness. Number two, effective treatments for COVID-19 are being suppressed. True. Numerous studies showing the effectiveness of vitamin D, ivermectin, and many other readily available preventives and treatments have been blocked by the media and prohibited by modern medical governing agencies. Number three, the COVID-19 injections are actually vaccines. False. These were originally patented as gene therapy technologies, which caused a person's body to generate copious copies of the virus's spike protein with the intent to generate an immune response. They were later repositioned as vaccines, despite meeting none of the conventional criteria to be called a vaccine. Number four. uh, Recipients of the injections are being supplied enough information to give true informed consent. False. And I'll come back to that as soon as we return. We have our uh, we're getting ready to do our fourth segment when we come back. Be right back. Pills like these may look legitimate, but where they're made isn't. Illicit pills will change hands 10 times before getting to you, and up to 3 in 5 could be laced with lethal doses of fentanyl. Fentanyl has no taste or odor, so pills laced with it are passed off as legit every day. Appreciate you. And just a few salt-sized grains of fentanyl are enough to kill. Learn ways to reduce your risk of overdose at fentanyleffect.com. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm down here in Florida. We are doing a field hearing today uh, about the ATF. Uh, It has been unprecedented during the Biden administration that the ATF has been targeting gun dealers and gun retailers across the country. One of the largest gun stores in the country, Adventure Outdoors, was a victim and target of an ATF um, unprecedented audit where they brought in 16 ATF agents from all over the countries, mostly from blue cities and blue states, not the local Georgia ATF agents that Adventure Outdoors and their owners are used to working with. I'm here today to do a field field hearing with my Republican colleagues, and we are interested in getting to the bottom of why the Biden administration, the ATF, thinks they need to target gun 
uh, retailers instead of the criminals that are responsible for stealing 380,000 firearms every single year. Remember, it's the criminals that steal guns and the criminals that, that commit murder and crime with illegal guns who are the problem, not legal gun owners and not legal gun stores and retailers. Okay, we'll keep you updated. Don't keep the phone in your pocket or you will exceed the as-tested exposure guidelines. Now, how many of you knew that before today? Because they actually are now giving people this information. Telstra is telling you to use a hands-free device to keep a mobile phone away from the head and body. Because mobile phones and Wi-Fi devices emit pulsed microwave radiation. 900 times a minute, it's looking to, for a signal. It says to the tower, where are you? Here I am. Where are you? Here I am. It's smart. That's how it's supposed to do. Now, when the phone rings, the worst time for you to put a phone right next to your head is when you answer it and say hello. Because it's smart and it goes to max power and bone marrow. And look here at the radiation as it gets into the groin area. And that's just from having a mobile phone modeled into the pocket. The United States magazine Consumer Reports recently recommended that nobody keep a phone in their pocket. Nobody. And in fact, if phones were tested in pockets, they would exceed the as-tested exposure guidelines, which is why Telstra has recently issued that um, advice. I live in New York on the west side, you know. Rough neighborhood, rough. I'll tell you, I live in the only neighborhood when I plan my budget, I allow for hold-up money. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, it's getting worse over there, you know. Like last week in front of my building, they put some new sidewalk in. I remember when I was a kid, just by hand printing a wet cement. I figured I'd do it again. I'll tell you, it's a weird feeling to put your hand in cement and you feel another hand. <laughs> what a neighborhood. Well, the first day I moved in, I asked a cop, I said, how long I walked to the subway? He said, I don't know, so far, no one ever made it. <laughs> I tell you, my neighborhood, everybody's tough, you know? Even the people in business, they think tough. When there's a bank on my block, in this bank, if you open a savings account, they give you a free carving knife and point out two victims. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you, you, you live in my neighborhood after a while, Lauren, you don't think straight. I mean it. Well, one night a guy stopped me, had a knife in his hand. I said to him, buddy, what do you want? Take my money, take my watch. He looked at me. He said, idiot, take me to a hospital. I got a knife in my hand. Right. So if you have you another plumber that works with us is plumbing doctor and they work in Yuba Sutter counties and uh, they will take care of your needs. They work around the clock. If you want to reach them, you can get them at 530-671-9111. They will be there in a jiffy and take care of the problems that you are facing and uh, make you happy. Uh, make you a happy camper. The other people is Dave Green. It's construction. Dave. Uh, has one of the top remodeling teams in the Yuba Sutter area. They primarily remodel houses, all aspects of houses. They they built all kinds of things like outdoor rooms where you can barbecue and do fancy things like that, decks. But their kind of sweet spot is kitchen and baths. And you can see their work if you go to 
Greenitz, G-R-E-E-N, like the color, Etz, E-T-Z, Greenitz, construction.com. You go to their website, or you could go to their Facebook site at Dave Greenitz Construction. That's their Facebook site. And you can see the before and after. You can see some drawings, layouts of plans and how they changed it and the different things they did. And you can reach them from those platforms, or you can dial Dave up at 682-9602. That's a 530 area code, 530-682-9602. Or you could text him or you can call him. Uh, or you could, like like off the platforms, you could just hook them up, right, and, and get it on. They will. The, the nice thing is that, you know, all these people that I'm working with here, they are different than your average person in that occupation. They actually get back to you. They take care of business. I get people all the time, oh, Lou, that I did. I go and saw Nelly at North Valley. Oh, I went and saw Dr. Cassidy. Oh, I, you know, called Dave Greenitz. They'll actually show up and do stuff. They don't just put you off. You ever called a contractor? You called a few, I called a few roofing contractors. I had thought I had a leak and, uh, though I did not use the ones that didn't call me back. You know how that works? So, uh, Dave Greenis will call you back. In fact, when you call him, if you, if someone answers the phone, it's not going to be a secretary. It's going to be him. So get ready to put your best foot forward. All right. Okay. So let me get back down here. I'm talking about your understanding because the government has defrauded you. They have lied to you and they'd ripped you off. Just like the, the schools are ripping off our children and telling them all kinds of lies. So I'm, I'm trying to scroll back here. I'm going to blow your mind. I'm just going to blow your mind here for a minute with what you think are the facts and what are the really the facts. Uh, uh, so let me, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find my spot. So I talked about, are the recipients of the injections being supplied enough information to give true and informed consent? You have a right under medical law to give informed consent. That's why in the hospital, they ask you all these questions. Are you Lou Benninger? Do you, are you, are you realize you're going to operate on your right shoulder or whatever, whatever. Anyway, the answer here is false. Rarely are any of the adverse effects of adequately described are, are adequately described to the subjects. Number five, immunity from the injections is longer lasting than natural immunity. That's false. I'm, I'm not going to go into all the details. It just it does the injections are a lie. There are significant adverse effects of the injections, including death. That's true. The true number of deaths, not from COVID, from the injections, is over 300,000 at this time. I'm not going to go into all the details, all the numbers. I don't think you're going to write them down anyhow. Unvaccinated people, number seven, pose a greater threat of transmitting illness to the vaccinated. Remember, we were told that. Then do the vaccinated. Or the unvaccinated. L let me say that again. Unvaccinated people pose a greater threat of transmitting illness to the vaccinated than the other, than do other vaccinated. That is false. Dr. Fauci admitted <laughs> that similar levels of virus were present in the nostrils of both groups. The CDC has since acknowledged that natural immunity is far superior to taking the jab. Number eight, uninjected un people exposed to injected people are experiencing medical problems from the toxic spike protein that 
injected people's bodies release. They call it shedding. This says apparently it's true. Many reports of mysterious symptoms such as irregular menstrual cycles in uninjected women after exposure to injected women indicate something is being transmitted from person to person. Number nine, the cure is going to prove worse than the disease. True. The deaths from despair, bankruptcies, evictions, social development damage to children who were subject to masking and lockdowns will greatly exceed any deaths that may have been prevented. Number 10, there is not now, nor has there ever been, a true COVID-19 pandemic. I want you to listen closely. There is not now, nor has there ever been, a true COVID-19 pandemic. That is true statement. CDC statistics show an overall case fatality rate of 0.26%, which does not fit their definition of a pandemic. It was a fraud, people. You were, you were the victim of a psychological operation. Yeah, there was sickness out there. There always is sickness out there. Number 11, mandatory injections are a violation of the U.S. Constitution. Do you hear what I said? That's true. Number 12, the PCR test has produced reliable statistics. False. The Dresden PCR test was mysteriously approved in Germany in record time and spread throughout the world with no scientific evaluation at all. The test has been run on cycle thresholds. Far in excess of its inventor's stated upper limits, producing massive false positive results. It's a total fraud. It's a complete fraud, people. The PCR test sticking sticks up your nose. Vaccine, question or answer. Are the mRNA vaccines experimental? Yep. Have they been safely tested on animals? Nope. Have Have they been subject to medium or long-term safety testing on humans? Nope. Are the effects of the vaccines reversible? No. Will the vaccines stop me getting COVID? No. Will the vaccines stop me spreading COVID? No. Will the vaccines allow me to stop wearing a mask? No. Do the vaccines contain genetically modified organisms, GMOs? Yes. Do the AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson vaccines contain aborted human and monkey cells? Yep. Do doctors have concerns about the mRNA vaccine's long-term effect on fertility? Yep. Is there a risk of autoimmune disease, strokes, seizures, convulsions, and other side effects? Yep. How many vaccines cause any deaths? Have vaccines caused any deaths or injuries? Yes. Are the vaccine manufacturers liable for injuries or deaths caused by the vaccines? No. Are the doctors and scientists recommending people not to take it? Yes, the COVID-19 vaccines do not provide immunity, do not eliminate the virus, do not prevent death, do not guarantee you won't get it, do not stop you from passing it on to others, do not eliminate the the, uh, suggestion of a travel ban or a business closure or lockdowns or masking. None of those things were needed. And remember when they said, if you take the jab, then we'll not have to deal with those. All of that was a lie, people. It was a fraud. Okay. I may have to skip this because, oh, 
I want to go on down here. Let me talk about this. Collection of 30 facts you need to know. This is part one is COVID deaths and mortality. The survival rate of COVID is over 99%. Why would you ever stick a chemical in your body when, when you're going to said you're going to recover from all this 99%. There's been no unusual excess mortality resulting from COVID. There have been from the jabs, not from the illness. COVID death in quotes counts are artificially inflated. I'm telling these are all facts. The vast majority of COVID deaths have serious comorbidities. That means if you're from all of us, that means they died from something else like a gunshot head or sledgehammer to the head or getting run over or falling off a tall building, right? Average age of COVID death is greater than the average life expectancy. This might be a, a mental tongue twister. The average death of a COVID person is greater than the average life expectancy. So if the average life expectancy is 74, the average COVID deaths were older people than that. It killed older people. Why? Because they're weaker. They have comorbidities. So they called it a COVID death, but it really the issue was they were way, way old and they, they were weak and they already had issues on board. So they called it a COVID death. It was not a COVID death. COVID mortality exactly mirrors the natural mortality curve. You understand what I'm saying? If you look at the mortality curve every year, you're going to have certain age groups die at certain rates. And the old people die at a bigger rate because they're weaker. Same with COVID. We just had a normal season. Do you realize that the flu disappeared? There's no statistics for the flu during flu during COVID. It was all scam. Also, there has been a massive increase in the use of not DNRs, do not resuscitate orders, in unlawful ones. In other words, nurses and docs threw together things so they didn't have to keep treating people. Lockdowns. How about lockdowns, people? What's the truth on lockdowns? Lockdowns do not prevent the spread of disease. Lockdowns kill people. Hospitals were never unusually overburdened. Remember how they said, oh, they're going to overflow the hospitals. Oh, the nurses, oh, they're going to have to bring in big trucks to refrigerated trucks to stack dead bodies. It's a lie. How about PCR tests? Remember all those sticks up your nose? All those drive through sticks up your nose places? Remember the city council members stupidly standing out, handing out those little napkins to wrap around your face so stupid obviously ignorant of what they totally didn't know what they were doing want to run your city but can't figure out what the mask is all about pcr tests pcr tests were not designed to diagnose an illness next pcr tests have a history of being inaccurate and unreliable next the ct values of the pcr tests are too high Next, the World Health Organization twice admitted PCR tests produce false positives. That means it shows positive. It's like if you had a false positive on pregnancy test, that means you thought, oh, good, I'm, I'm pregnant. Then you go and they say, no, you aren't. The doc says, no, you aren't. Right? It's a false positive. The scientific basis for COVID tests is questionable. Now, how about, remember when they said, oh, you're asymptomatic. You could, they say, oh, just because you're not, don't have any symptoms doesn't mean you don't have the infection, right? And then remember when they said, oh, asymptomatic people can give COVID to other people. Remember that? That was a lie. 
And they said, oh, if you're vaccinated, you can't give it to other people. That was a lie. Asymptomatic infection. The majority of COVID infections are asymptomatic. That's a fact. You get it on board and you don't even know you have it. You know why? Because every day, all day, you're sucking oxygen in that has bugs in it. Microscopic bacteria and viruses. And your system just deals with it. And if you checked your system, if you lifted the hood and pulled out the dipstick, you would see that there would be some action in there. But you think, wow, I didn't even know that was happening. I feel great. Majority of COVID infections are asymptomatic. So what difference does it make? Why not let everybody go to school and mix it up? Every decision made during COVID was absolutely wrong. There is very little evidence supporting the alleged danger of asymptomatic transmission. How about ventilators? Remember all the ventilators they were building? Dr. Fauci said, we need ventilators. Quit building cars, build ventilators. Early on, Judy Mikovits, the scientist that hates Fauci, said, you do not use a ventilator for respiratory viruses. It will kill people. You know what happened? It killed people. They put people on the vent and they died. It says ventilators are not the right treatment. And then it says ventilators killed people. That's exactly right. These are all facts. How about masks? Remember the city council, Yuba City Sins Council? They stood out on the street. Instead of handing out water or turkeys, they handed out little masks. Like, we're your, we got your back, baby. We're going to, like, save you from dying by these little paper things you wrap around your face. So stupid. It was embarrassing, these guys that were out there. First, number one, masks do not work. Masks are bad for your health. And masks are bad for the planet. You you wonder where all those masks go? You you ever buried like you ever buried a? I buried some of my uh, my kitchen waste, so I bury my coffee grounds, and they have these little filters, those paper filters. Man, them paper filters take a long time to break down. Coffee disappears. Worms love that coffee grounds. Paper takes a long time. Cardboard not so long. Paper, yeah. Coat okay. Masks are bad for the planet. They are. They're bad for everything. There's nothing positive or redemptive about a mask. It's all lies, people. COVID vaccines are totally unprecedented. Never before have they done it. There's lots of reasons. I don't have time to explain it to you now. We're running out of time on our our fifth segment. Vaccines do not confer immunity or prevent transmission. The vaccines were rushed and have unknown long-term negative effects. Vaccine manufacturers have long granted legal indemnity should they cause harm. In other words, you can't sue them. Deception and foreknowledge. The EU, the European Union, was preparing vaccine passports way before the pandemic started. Does that surprise you? A training exercise predicted the pandemic Weeks before it started. Does that surprise you? Since the beginning of 2020, the flu has completely disappeared. If you look up the flu in 2020, you're not going to find any record of it because they called it all COVID. Total scam, people. There isn't any, what this should prove to you, you cannot trust your government any longer. The elite have made fortunes during the pandemic. Let me say that once more. The elite, 
I want you to think about your supervisors who not only collected their salary and their vacation and their retirement, but they also got 100, 200, 300, 400 of PPP loans that were forgiven. They just got money. Said, we're sorry. We're, ha- we're going to try to take over the world. In the meantime, we're going to make you guys that are in charge wealthy. Scam. You've been scammed. Some of my friends lost everything. And people in the Yuba and Sutter County supervisors got hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four $400,000 in PPP money. Got all forgiven. They got SBA loans. My people couldn't get SBA loans. Okay. All right. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to move. We're getting short time so I want on this segment, so I'm just looking. I can jump on something here. Okay, I want to talk about, uh, said this article. This is by uh, two doctors, medical doctors, Dr. Bhakti and Dr. Burkhart, said on COVID vaccines, why they cannot work and irrefutable evidence of their causative role in deaths after after vaccination. Did you know that the, I think I mentioned this last week, that never in the history of mankind have we done so few autopsies because they just named everything COVID. Guy got run over by an ox. He got stomped to death riding a bucking bronco. Everybody died of COVID. He could have had crushed skull, died of COVID, if he tested positive because of the stick up the nose. Remember what I told you? Stick up the nose doesn't tell the truth. They called everything COVID. Why? Because they got paid to do that. Why do people become prostitutes? Because they get paid to do that or they get forced into doing that. Normal people do not choose these things from a healthy standpoint. Government officials, hospital officials, doctors got paid to play along with the psychological operation. I won't go to all the credits of this, these two amazing doctors. They took people that were being called a COVID death. They took 15 uh, people. They call it a histopathologic analysis has been performed on the organs of 15 person who died after vaccination. The age, gender, vaccination record, and time of death after injection of each patient are listed in the table on the next page. The following points are of utmost importance. I'm going to be right back to give our final segment, and you, I'm going to, like, blow your mind today. That's what I'm going to do because of the work these people did. Be right back. course of the last three years, I have conducted about 450 interviews with respected experts and other people who know what they're talking about. They have explained to us the medical side of the corona pandemic 
its eugenics background and its intended genocidal consequences. They have explained to us that the economic destruction and the destruction of the global population's health are not side effects, but intended by Mr. Global. And they have, have explained to us the real goal of Mr. Global, population reduction and complete control over the survivors, whose exclusive function is to be at Mr. Global's disposal as slaves. Well, that is not going to happen, because we are preventing it right now with everything we're doing, including and especially with the way we are connecting with each other in an ever closer manner and exchanging information. The most important takeaway from all these interviews, for me at least, is that by my estimate, 10% of what we're seeing is real danger, but 90% is just an omnipotence show. This show, in turn, is presented to us by Mr. Global as an illusion based on sophisticated psychological warfare and mass mind control perfected by the British Tavistock Institute and its offshoots in the United States. And, by the way, also with the help of special effects from Hollywood. This is pure psychological terrorism just waiting to, expose, to be exposed by us. That is why, for a few weeks now, I have been looking more closely at the significance of psychology in the context of this warfare, and have read a few books and scientific articles on the subject, from which I have produced a dossier. I will now publish this dossier with supporting documents in German and in English through a video. It will deal, among other things, with the artificial creation of isolation, confusion, loss of identity, and hysteria in a society, which thus becomes susceptible in a virtually tailor-made way to all forms of scaremongering. Not only the pandemic, but also the global warming scam, the energy and food crises artificially created by Mr. Global, but also the Ukraine crisis, as well as their latest scare, UFOs. A textbook example for this is the hysteria created in Germany after World War I, which was pushed and financed by Mr. Global on both sides, as a consequence of the suffocating Versailles Treaty and the Roaring Twenties with rampant prostitution, drug abuse, child trafficking, etc. Does this sound familiar? It was the perfect breeding ground for a psychopath like Hitler, who in turn was financed again and supported by Mr. Global so that he would advance his eugenics madness. In short, the goal of all of this psycholog psychological terrorism is, once again, to gain total control over the people and to make them follow orders because of their fear blindly follow orders of any idiot, uh, no matter how insane these orders are. Like, for example, let us inject you with untested, highly dangerous substances so that we can make money with it and you kill yourselves with it. Or go to a war started by us so that we can sell our weapons and arms with the help of your tax money and you kill each other. 
But I do not only take a look at those who are obviously and visibly on the other side of the fence and who take part in the psychological terrorism against the population because of psychological defects, stupidity, cowardice, greed, or extortion. I will also focus on those puppets of Mr. Global who, for the same reasons, psychological de defects, stupidity, cowardice, greed, or extortion, have crept into the resistance, appearing to be on our side, and who are now that we're making headway on all fronts trying to damage the resistance from within, sometimes in a strangely hateful way. I'm talking, of course, about controlled opposition. Here, too, the same psychological considerations apply, including the focus on psychopathy. There, the controlled oppositions, sometimes puzzling, contradictory behavior can, in fact, only be explained through this psychological view. A danger detected is a danger less. This is perhaps a little too simplistic, but the first step towards danger elimination is always, of course, the recognition of that danger. Through this approach, we will be able to see more than just the strangely cold, unsympathetic, and artificial people who are trying to appear human by sometimes clumsily sometimes obviously using their rehearsed before a mirror human behavior. We will be able to make sense of it, and by exposing them and their activities, we guarantee, just as with vampires exposed to the light, their demise. I stand for justice. To bring justice about is my job as an attorney. And Dexter Reinefeld and myself, together with the International Group of Attorneys, are absolutely convinced that this can be done on the only independent legal platform, namely on the platform of Maori Tikanga law. The statements of freaks who pretend to be lawyers, or at least to have some legal knowledge, but in reality have to refer to Wikipedia as a source of their knowledge, uh, they will not have any impact whatsoever on what we are doing. There will be justice for all. Because without justice, there can be no peace and no democracy. We will hold all of those who are responsible to account, everyone, whether in politics, medicine, science, the media, the judiciary, or even in the resistance. We are coming for you. Buckling up, by the way, will not help. This is not a warning. This is a promise. So the final, the following points are of utmost importance. So they took these 15 persons who were considered COVID deaths. Prior to death, only four of the 15, uh, actually, they, prior to the death, only four of the 15 had been treated in the ICU for more than two days. The majority were never hospitalized, and they died at home. Five died at home, one died on the street, one died at work, one died in a car, 
This is 15 people they looked at, and, and, and one died in an in-home care facility. Therefore, in most cases, therapeutic intervention is unlikely to have been significantly influenced influence the post-mortem findings. Not a single death was brought into any possible association with the vac- vaccination by the coroner. So you, you heard what I said? The, they only were doing autopsies on less than 8% of the people that died. That's incredibly low. Never in the history of mankind of doing autopsies has it been so low. Why did they skip autopsies? To hide the results of the COVID and to present a psyop to everybody. Not a single death was brought into any possible association with the vaccination by the coroner or the public prosecutor. This association was only established by our autopsy findings. That's, that's in other words, they're saying we took people that they said there's no, there's no vaccine reason that these people died. They just died of, of COVID. These doctors are saying that's not true. And you should have done an autopsy. The initially performed conventional postmortems also uncovered no obvious hints to a possible role of the vaccination since the macroscopic appearance of the organs was overall unremarkable. In most cases, rhythmogenic heart failure was postulated as the heart of the cause of the death. Now, I'm just going to go down these 15 people and tell you what happened. Number one was a female, 82 years of age. She took Moderna one shot and two shots. She died 37 days after the shots. Number two was a male, 72 years of age. Pfizer, one shot, died 31 days later. A female, 95 years of age, took Moderna one and two, died 68 days later. Female, 73, took the Pfizer jab. Uh, they, They didn't know how long she survived. She's dead now. Male, 54, uh, took the Janssen shot, one. He took one shot, 65 days later, dead. Female, 55, Pfizer, one and two, 11 days dead. Male, 56, took the Pfizer, one and two, eight days later, dead. Male, 80, Pfizer, one and two, 37 days later, dead. Female, 89, unknown what, what type, but took a one and a two shot. Six months later, dead. Female, 81, unknown uh, variety, took two shots, unknown amount of time, dead. Male, 64 years of age, took the AstraZeneca 1 and 2, seven days, dead. Female, 71, Pfizer 1 and 2, 20 days later, dead. Male, 28 years of age, AstraZeneca 1 and took the number two shot from Pfizer, four weeks later, dead. Male, 78, Pfizer 1 and 2, 65 days later, dead. Female, 60, Pfizer number 1, 23 days, dead. The histopathological findings of a similar nature were deleted (coughs) in in organs of 14 of the 15 deceased. Most frequently afflicted were the heart. 14 of 15 cases had heart damage. And the lung, 13 of 15 cases. Pathologic alterations were furthermore observed in the liver, two cases. Thyroid gland, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, two cases. Salivary glands, Sjogren's syndrome, two cases. And brain, two cases. Uh, So uh, this gets into more scientific, talking about lymphocytic and, and T cells and all that kind of stuff. Here's my point. 
and it goes along with the underreporting of of just like we're gonna, not going to do an autopsy because the doctor said or the health officer said it was COVID, so no need to do an autopsy. So the sheriff did not do the autopsy. Up here in Northern California, we have what we call sheriff-coroners. In the big city, they have medical examiners, but the sheriff-coroners, uh, they just sometimes they just take whatever the doctor says or the health officer says. So my friends in the mortuary business, I was talking to one of them during COVID, and he said, I said, hey, how's it going? What's going on? With just some chat, a little loose chat. I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, it's been freaky, been busy, been crazy. And I said, what's crazy? And he said, oh, we got health officials calling me to change the death certificate. I said, what do you mean change it? You mean the cause and manner of death? He said, yep. And he said, they want me to call the doctor and, and get the doctor to change it to COVID. And, and the doctors are furious for good reason, because the health department is a political bunch of liars, along with the supervisors. So the conclusion According to these two scientists, the hypo, the histopathological analysis show clear evidence of vaccine-induced autoimmune-like pathology in multiple organs. The myriad adverse events derived deriving from such auto-attack processes must be expected to, v- to very frequently occur in all individuals, particularly following booster injections. That's all self-evident. Beyond any doubt, injection of gene-based COVID-19 vaccines place lives under threat of illness and death. We note that both mRNA and vector-based vaccines are represented among these cases, as are all four major manufacturers. Now, that should get your attention, and I skipped through some of it. I'm going to get onto some other stuff here because... I, I'm just going to finish the show here, and then we're going to be off a week. I don't know if you've ever heard of a product called atrazine. You ever heard of it? Look it up. It's the most common toxic contaminant, contaminant in our water. I had never heard of it. Have you ever heard of Roundup, Monsanto's Roundup, and, and, and what we call gly, glyphosate? Glyphosate is what Monsanto Roundup is in its scientific name says almost all of us go out of the way to avoid harmful toxins and poisons. We wouldn't leave bleach under near a toddler, for instance, and most of us know about the dangers of Monsanto Roundup. But what if the toxin is something that's quite hard to escape and we're consuming it unwittingly without knowing exactly what will happen to us? Say hello to atrazine, the second most widely used herbicide in the U.S. behind glyphosate, and likely just as dangerous most infamously as an endocrine disruptor. While other countries have banned the herbicide, atrazine is still used in American crops and often winds up in our water supply. In fact, it's the most common chemical contaminant in U.S. water supplies. The EPA released a preliminary risk assessment in 2016, its most damning criticism of toxin to date, but with a public comments date uh, that's been extended from the initial 60-day. Uh, I'm going to skip that, too. Anyway, so what exactly is atrazine? How is it that although it's quite prevalent in America and contributes to our ta- tap water toxicity, most of us haven't ever heard of it. It's time to delve into it. So anyway, uh, this is an article about atrazine. And here's the interesting thing. With a lot of people talking about people transitioning 
to be a female. And sperm counts are down. And guys are just more feminine in general that you wonder where the testosterone went. Atrazine on frogs converts male frogs into female frogs in the, in the labs. I want you to think about that for a minute. Atrazine, 90% of atrazine or 70 million pounds is usually in America uh, spent to prevent weeds in cornfields. It's also used on sugarcane, sorghum, macadamia nuts, soybeans, uh, schools, parks, playgrounds, guava, athletic fields, and evergreen farms where families buy their Christmas trees. In fact, 65% of sorghum and sugarcane fields are treated with atrazine. It's also used in other products for farming and landscaping purposes, about 200 in total. When Monsanto's glyphosate came to the, onto the scene, the idea was that atrazine use would be reduced. But because crops have become resistant to glyphosate, atrazine is still used as a weed killer, often in conjunction with glyphosate, for a toxic double whammy. Having a toxin sprayed on corn and crops is bad enough. Like most pesticides, atrazine doesn't stay only where it's sprayed. It usually ends up in our surface water and groundwater, which means it's our nation's it's in our nation's drinking supply. Nearly 90% of the water tested by the USDA has atrazine residue in it. And I'm going to check with this California water who claims their water is great. And some some of my friends said, Lou, don't drink the Marisol water. I said, oh, it tastes all right. They said, oh, it's got all kinds of toxic stuff in it. Well, now I'm going to find out whether it's got atrazine in it because I don't want to end up like a male frog and turn into a female frog. How about that? It's an endocrine disruptor. These are the chemicals foreign to the human body that after a certain level of exposure disrupt our endocrine, also known as hormonal systems. It fusses with your hormones. Endocrine Disruptions can cause adverse developmental, reproductive, and neurological and immune effects in people and wildlife. This occurs because the system includes hormone-secreting glands and is charged of regulating your blood sugar, our reproductive systems, metabolism, brain function, and nervous system. Our bodies are kept in check with a delicate balance. When one hormone goes out of whack, it can have serious ripple effects throughout the body. When it comes to atrazine, its endocrine disruption abilities are frightening. Uh, this, a study in the Journal of Steroid Biochemistry and Molecular Biology confirmed that researchers have been saying for years atrazine demasculizes and feminizes vertebrate male gonads. That's your Spaldings over there. In other words, atrazine is a decrease in male gonadal characteristics because the herbicide shrinks testicles and reduces sperm counts. By feminizing male gonads, atrazine can lead to a growth of ovaries in males. Look out. Here we come, transgender folks. They've been hoping for ovaries. Maybe they're going to get them after all. Just give them a couple of injections of atrazine. Frogs turning from males into females mean they can now mate with male frogs. Male frogs, now female, can mate with male frogs. But since the female frogs are still genetically male, their offspring are all, all male. That, that just, that's a brain twister. 
This leads to a major skewing of sex ratios in a population, which leads to a decrease or even an elimination of the population. Now, if you wanted to eliminate the population of the world like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and all of them, I tell you, you got a lot of tools in your little uh, toolbox. You got atrazine. You got uh, birth, con- <clears throat> birth control pills. <clears throat> you got the morning after pill. You got abortion. You got sterilizing vaccines, that vaccines for something else, but they sterilize girls from being able to have children. Now we got the jab that's killing a lot of people. Said, while much of the media attention has been on how male frogs can turn into females, what this comprehensive study found is that the effects do not occur merely across populations, species, or even genera or orders, but across vertebrate classes. Out there in all of us, if you ever thought about this, you are a vertebrate. That means they occur across amphibian, fish, mammal, and reptile species. Researchers believe these scary changes occur because atrazine reduces the production of male hormones. Are you firing blanks over there, buddy? That may be because of atrazine. While increasing the effect of estrogen, a female hormone. In other words, you start pumping more estrogen. You say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like my feminine side coming out today, buster. The atrazine levels that frogs can change sex are exposed to uh, is less than what's legally allowed in our water. Let me say that again. The atrazine levels that frogs, which change sex, are exposed to is less than what's legally allowed in our water. You think, oh, well, they wouldn't have ever, you know, they're always giving these frogs and mice hundreds of times or thousands of times more dose than they'd give us. That's not true here. The change in frogs occurs at a level as low as 0.1 part per billion, or PBB, PPB, part per billion, PPB. In comparison, the EPA allows atrazine at levels 30 times higher. (laughs) You wonder why we're so screwed up and you're worried about marijuana? (laughs) Come on, man. This is like torquing our whole, everybody, our whole society. Women are probably familiar with the hearing with hearing about estrogen, raised levels of the hormone, increased risk of breast and ovarian cancer. So it should come as no surprise that high levels of atrazine in water or long-term exposure to atrazine have been found to do the same thing. While a direct link hasn't been found, the research is certainly concerning. All right, hold on. I need to get down to the next paragraph. I get a big blank here for some reason. Okay. So we're getting down to being short on time. So what's going on with the EPA? How come they're not doing anything? Tyrone Hayes, a biologist who was the first to uncover atrazine's effects on sex changes in frogs, initially hired by Syngenta. That Syngenta makes atrazine. They hired him in the late 80s to prove that atrazine wasn't harmful at all. Hayes ended up uncovering just the opposite. It was super toxic. So uh, anyway, they got uh, there's all this is a big article. Uh, So here's some options for you. 
Atrazine is scary stuff, so what's the best way to avoid exposure? Bottled water is expensive and harmful for the environment, but you can purchase an expensive water filter at the local retailers. So find a water water filter. One of my friends turned me on to an idea of a water filter. She said, Lou, you need to do a water filter. And it was pretty expensive, but I think, eh, not too much if I'm going to be a female next year. So it said you can purchase it. Uh, just check the label to ensure it's certified to remove atrazine. So it won't eliminate all your exposure. Like if you go to a restaurant and you order water, like I, I most, mostly drink water everywhere I go. So it's probably got, all got atrazine. The other thing you can do is buy organic crops. That's tough, huh? It's hard to find organic a lot of times. Shop at farmer's market to buy produce that's in season. And, uh, and, and you can find out whether they spray, uh, you know, uh, if they're spraying chemicals or if it's organic, right, or what they're using on their crops. Uh, so buy organic. Contact your legislators to them to advocate for the health of the communities they represent. Uh, so I, I think the biggest thing you could do is if you're drinking a lot of water at home, I drink, I drink quite a bit of water and drink coffee. Uh, I think I'm going to get a water filter. How about that? I don't, I, I don't feel, feel my filming inside coming out. But I'm telling you, if, if frogs are switching genders because of atrazine, and uh, I'm telling you, we need to look, we need to quit using atrazine. How about that? Uh, did, you, did I tell you how it's 70 million tons a year? We're in bad shape, dude. I'm going to find out from Cal Water what their breakdown is, how much atrazine we got going on. Because uh, So there's just a minute left. I want to just tell you that Merck, M-E-R-C-K, they pr- produce the HPV vaccine, or it's called Gardasil. Please do not allow the government or your doctor or your school to inject your child with, with this vaccine. It's giving people cancer. And uh, it's to it's to prevent them to get the uh, human papilloma virus. Uh, don't get it. Just get the virus. <laughs> You're better off. You don't want cancer. It, please don't take it. We only got a minute left. Merck is in trouble on multiple counts getting sued by young girls that now have cervical cancer. And they were healthy as a horse before. And now they took that to prevent future things. And now uh, they are sick with cancer. I I feel so sad for them. Uh, Also, Merck is being sued for its popular asthma drug that can lead kids to commit suicide. This is just so it's called it's an it's called a drug called Singular Singu instead of Lur. Singular, L-A-I-R, Merck's allergy and asthma medication causes people to have psychological freakouts, whoever takes it, young or adults, and people are suing the uh, Merck. Merck is trouble. So it's better to just watch whatever you take and take as little as possible. Go natural. Find some Chinese dude out there that does natural therapy. Okay. God bless you, and we'll we'll catch you next week, Lord willing. Good night. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom.
Dark sacred night, and I think to myself. 